All right, hey there, this is Andrew uh, bringing you another Keyforge set slash house review. And uh, this time we're going to be going back to Worlds Collide Untamed. And with me, I have my good friend Julian. Hey, Julian. Hey, how's it going? Great, very good. How are you? Not bad. Awesome. Um, so before we get started talking about the house and the cards, um, can you walk me through how you got into Keyforge? Sure. Um, so I've been playing Keyforge since spring um, 2019, and I've been playing mostly at the uh, Isle of Gamers store uh, in Santa Clara, and it's been pretty good community there. Um, so that's primarily where I've been playing. Um, I've also uh, gone to a few vault tours and uh, played in a few prime events. Um, which has been a lot of fun. So I've gotten pretty into the game. Uh, I first heard about it at work. Uh, so there's a um, friend I have at work who taught me how to play Magic the Gathering. Mm -hmm. And I think we got on the subject of that because um, I had mentioned that back in middle school, I played uh, Yu-Gi-Oh mm -hmm. uh, for a year or two, um, which was pretty fun. I got into it by watching the show. Um, and try out the card games like oh it's a lot of fun and i've been playing video games uh for a lot of my life uh and i've i've generally enjoyed that enjoyed role-playing games and mm -hmm. i think card games fit well with uh my personality and trying to figure out certain strategies but there's also a bit of fun because of the random element yeah uh, so it's not it's not just like um certain games where it's totally based on the skill, but there's also that kind of whoa uh, component. You could do big <laughs> plays and stuff like that. So I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I got out of Yu-Gi-Oh because uh, I was upset about the ban list uh, changing all the time and like, uh. I would buy these cards and then they get banned. And so it's like, this is stupid. Um, Interesting. It, I, think it's, I think it's a really fun game. And uh -huh. um, I know that the ban list is like a tool that some games have to use to prevent it from getting broken. Uh, so, so having, maybe I, I maturely walked away from that. But hmm. I'm sorry. What was that? Oh yeah. So having having that kind of that background, that perspective, um, what what are your thoughts on the on Keyforge's track record so far on um, erratas and and nerfs? Hmm. I think it's okay. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the with the nerfs, um, mm -hmm. but I, I know that they had good reasons for for doing them. Um, actually, I'm curious about how they uh, decide to do a nerf or not, and it would be pretty interesting if um, you know they ever did a crucible cast or something and like talk about that. Um, mm -hmm. there, I know there have been some rules clarifications that have come out and been pretty good, like about Archimedes. Um, I feel those erratas or biomatrix backups, like those yeah. erratas make a lot of sense to me. Um, the ones that are more about balancing the game, uh, like bait and switch, mm -hmm. I think it's it's more debatable. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think um, that yeah, that one, if if anything, I never heard them really explain it this way, but I know it could be really punishing for newer players. Um, I, I mm -hmm. think, yeah, like for us, we've always kind of been very um, interested in finding those super optimal plays and, and then learning to play around them. But for a new player, that can be really harsh. 
And then the the explanation I heard, I think it was Brad gave for nerfing um, library access just had to do with the fact that if somebody pulls off like a, a library access defense or, you know, whatever kind of way to get two library accesses played and gets the forge three keys in one turn, it's just not fun to watch, um, which I, <laughs> I, I was very sympathetic to that argument. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was, yeah, I think it maybe it wasn't, like you said, it maybe wasn't necessary um, from a balanced perspective, but the couple times I saw it on streams, it was terrible. Um, so, okay, so, and you, you undersold, by the way, like you said, you've been to a couple of vault tours and primes, um, but correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, you've, you've won a prime and you top forward at a vault tour. Is that, is that right? Uh, yeah, that's true. Okay. So I just, I just, I don't want people <laughs> out there to go, oh, he's, he's been to a couple, but what a noob, like you've, you've done really super well. Thanks. Yeah, well, I there was there was a moment um, there was a moment where I was like, oh, I I am not the person in our playgroup with the highest achievements. It's it's Julian. So I just um, yeah, I think it's worth worth acknowledging. Um, cool. Okay. Anything else you want to throw out there before we jump into talking about Untamed? Uh, yeah. So I guess for the erratas, um, I haven't seen what Brad said. So it sounds like he gave some good explanations. So mm. that's that's pretty good and i guess i haven't thought about it that much um so on the whole i think the fact that there haven't been too many balance changes um i think is a good testament to uh, how carefully uh, the game is designed which i appreciate um although uh, the blasters ruling uh i was upset about that one i like that <laughs> you're able to bounce blasters around and i guess on the topic of library access like I agree that outside of the balance settings, like there's also a fun component and like it isn't very fun to watch or be on the receiving end of that. Um, but I thought Blasters was a lot of fun. So if there's a way that they could reword the cards and make that work again, I think that would be excellent. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Um... Yeah. Um, oh, and how I got into the game. So yeah, I played Yu-Gi-Oh! And then we played Magic at work. And then he, uh, my friend is like, oh, this new game from the creator of magic came out called Keyforge, and we played a few mm -hmm. games with the starter decks um like radiant argus and mm -hmm. masonics and um i just had a blast and i found a local gaming group and just really got into it awesome uh yeah i like i heard i heard another podcast say recently they were one of the guys was saying something about something to the effect that uh Field is the best example of Keyforge because you run into so many different things and at the high level, you know, things are so samey. And I heard that and I was like, I don't, I like, I, I love Sealed, but I completely disagree because from my perspective, it's like the fact that at a high level of play, you see the variety that you do is actually one of the things that makes Keyforge stand out compared to games with a constructed deck, right? Because in those you you really get a sameness um mm -hmm. whereas here you'll have oh yeah this guy is running you know untamed rush or whatever but also he has you know um gout in there or so something that you like you wouldn't put and then there will be these situations where that ends up being really good but you know they wouldn't have put it in there if they'd had the choice yeah absolutely 
absolutely. And that can lead to some really interesting plays. Um, so the unique aspect, I think, keeps the game pretty fresh. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you see a lot of variety in Sealed and Archon. Um, I think they test uh, different skills for sure. And Sealed certainly involves some luck with the deck you get. Oh, yeah. So probably some, some more luck than Archon does. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think it tests different things. And mm -hmm. my understanding is that um, there, there are people who can like consistently place well in, in sealed events. Um, mm -hmm. So there must be some kind of skill. Uh, personally, I think I'm better at Archon than sealed. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure why yet. But maybe if mm -hmm. I played more sealed, I could learn more about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they definitely are um, different skills. Yeah, the, the fun thing for me always with Sealed is just not knowing, you know, whether a card is there. And I don't know, like, much of Protect is just going to stick out in my mind, right? That and Aaron mentioned mm -hmm. where it's like, if you know it's in the deck, then you can play it, you know, whether to play a certain way or not. Um, yep. And with Sealed, there's just that mystery. <laughs> Who yeah. Knows? <laughs> Am I gonna forge the red key into a red baron? Who who knows? Yeah, sealed is, is definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, I always forge the red key anyway. For the record, I, I always forge it first too, um, just because of like the bronze, silver, uh, gold key. Uh -huh. So I figured like, oh, that must be the order. But <laughs> sometimes I'm not paying attention and just forge like the key that's closest to me. Mm, I heard. Um, I don't know if it was. Somebody, somebody from the FFG staff at one point said, said that you know red, red makes your uh, your creatures go faster. So um, that's why I do it. But yeah, <laughs> um, that's a that's a, a little mythology there. Um, mm. Never works, but I try. Um, cool. Okay. So then, um, jumping into uh, worlds collide untamed. Um, a uh, few questions I wanted to cover first of all, and so the, the first one is, um, let's say you're sitting across from an opponent, they have a Worlds Collide deck, uh, it, you're playing sealed, they have a Worlds Collide deck, you see Untamed on it, um, what are the things that you're thinking they might be able to do uh, out of that house? Mm -hmm. So usually I think of the big play cards, mm -hmm. um, so stuff like nature's call like mm -hmm. if i pile up a bunch of uh amber on someone like it's just gonna get bounced um another thing i try to notice is uh are they not putting down too many creatures because it makes me think they might have a, a natural selection um yeah and so i could i could walk into that at the wrong time whereas if they have a big board then i think i'll feel more confident um that they don't have something like that um Key charge is always something to look out for. Um, other than that, I think most of the cards in Untamed uh, like kind of show up on the board, and so you have some chance to react to it, like, mm -hmm. uh, let's say, Fangtooth Cavern or uh, various creatures. Um, and you might get hit with another card, like Punctuated Equilibrium, but uh, there's not really too much you can do about that. Um, so yeah. I think I'm mostly paying attention to the destruction cards or like the possibility for them to win um, on their turn if they have a big untamed board right. in the key charge. Right. 
yeah, Q, I agree. Q charge is always such a huge threat. Um, and then uh, there's there's I think just great opportunities to to mess around with the with the key cost, um, especially mm-hmm. in worlds mm-hmm. collide with those infinite mermooks. Um, and then uh, you know that recursion can be a big deal. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I just feel like I feel like the amber burst is still, you know, still in worlds collide, not really close to, um, to what it was in Coda. But they but they still can put on a little gas when they, you know, if you get the right setup. Yeah, I think you're more likely to see it coming. Um, mm-hmm. Like they generally would need to have some creatures on the board uh, mm-hmm. for something to happen. Like, uh, I mean, I've seen situations where uh, a Bramble links and Ghost Talk comes down. But e- yep. So even, I guess, the Ghost Talk first and then the Bramble links. But even those, like, they, there needs to be, like, a creature for that to even happen. And uh, a lot of times, like, your stuff doesn't show up in the right order. And so those kind of things happen. But um, the, I think you're right. Like, just Hunting Witch and Dust Pixie, like, Full Moon. Mm-hmm. You could get to four or five like very easily mm-hmm. um, from hand, and I think in Worlds Collide it's a lot harder to do that. <clears throat> yeah, yep, absolutely. Um, okay, and then um, and then I always do the other thing I think is worth mentioning about Untamed is they do they do here and there scattered have some nice um, you know targeted damage effects. Um, mm-hmm. I think of like Mustak Mermook. Um, Specifically, I'm trying to think what else in Worlds Collide really stands out, but um, but they do something. unsuspecting prey, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, a cauldron boil. Cauldron right? boil. I I had somebody the other day like scoffing at cauldron boil, but when you see it hit at the right time, it can be really devastating. Yeah. Um. Cool. Okay, and then okay, so next up, um, you you're opening a sealed deck. Um, to to play, you you know it's worlds collide. You see untamed on there. What other houses, or what specifically, what other like one house would you like to see next to it? I think I'd like to see Saurian, just uh-huh. because that's like likeliest to have the best cards, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much regardless of whatever you have. And I think even with respect to untamed, like Saurian helps uh, protect your creatures. Uh, so. Yeah. For example, if I'm able to ward uh, imprinted Vermouth behind a Tracerian Legionary, like that's pretty uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have the same answer too. Especially if you get some of those really, really impactful untamed combos that want you to have some board state. Like there's mm-hmm. no, there's no better house to give you a chance at having a reasonable board state. Um, right. And another thing about that is I think um, where I've seen Untamed be really successful in Worlds Collide is like if you can drop a lot of uh, Untamed creatures mm-hmm. and um, they can end up controlling the board like through Skirmish mm-hmm. or um, they're just bodies available to reap and people are prioritizing the other um, houses that maybe have some more um, urgent effects to deal with and particularly the Saurian house like there are a lot of uh, car- cards that have to be taken out and require like a lot of effort 
right. to do so, or they have a lot of exalted amber on them. So I feel it could be a pretty good distraction for you, um, for your opponent, so that you can go into untamed and uh, potentially finish the game. Right. Yeah. They leave. They they're too busy killing the Sarin. They leave two creatures out, and suddenly Song of the Wild is a good card. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Cool. Okay. What is your favorite uh, in-house combo in this set for Untamed? Mm -hmm. So my favorite combo is actually an Age of Ascension too. So I can do a Worlds Collide only one, but I'll talk about this one first. So I actually really like um, having the two Penpakas out. Yeah. Um, Penpaka Anga and Penpaka Jaga. Uh, I think when you get both out and you have a few Untamed creatures, like you can really just block down the board like until they draw a clear and in worlds collide there aren't that many clears available mm -hmm. um so you, they could run into some big problems like if you're mm -hmm. uh yeah this happened in the game in shadow worlds like i drew um i had maybe four untamed cards in the opening hand and then uh played like a few more creatures and i just called untamed like six turns in a row and my opponent would just play creatures and mm -hmm. I would kill them. And I wasn't even drawing any cards, but you know, I was getting able to reap a few times. And uh, by the time anything, the board got cleared and anything could get going, like I was already up a key or something. So mm -hmm. it was super helpful to have the Pempakas out there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and then, and then what's your Worlds Collide specific one? So I like Fangtooth Cavern a lot, and uh -huh. I think it goes well with uh, like the fittest, uh, mm -hmm. just because it reduces the chance that your cards will get hit, which is pretty great. Um, also goes well with Pepakaanga, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And back back to the um, the Pepakas, I heard, um, you know, I was on Sanctimonious. They were pointing out Stone uh, Stonefeather, the um, the Brobnar leader, like, um, who who I like, but they're like, you know, Pempaka Jaga, like, is it gives you that same effect, and it <laughs> yeah. doesn't, it you know, it it doesn't have to, you don't have to worry about where you put it so much, and it's an uncommon, and like, like, why, what in the world, why is this, why is this guy a leader? Um, yeah. Um... Yeah. And especially Pampaka Jaga applies off house, so yeah, I don't Kalex Stonefather. I don't really get the point, um, yeah. unless you draw it on the first turn. Then, I mean, it's bigger, so it's hard to get rid of it. Yeah, that's that's the one. That's the one value. I yeah, I have a deck that likes it, but but it's kind of like a you just have to not think about it. If it comes out and it happens to be in the center, that's like great. But if not, it's a six power body and it's fine. Yeah, but whereas whereas Jaga, you're much likelier to like be able to get value out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, cool. Okay, yeah, mine I think is um is actually Nature's Call Mustic Marmook. Um, mm. I I picked up a deck recently where I, I'm able to um Nature's Call a couple of Mustic Marmooks. Um, and and actually Bramblelinks too actually, but the the Marmooks are the more fun thing for me because it's just like you know, pew pew, I'm shooting things, um, mm -hmm. and uh, it feels really nice. Of course, imagining those being dust pixies instead makes me a little sad, 
Because um, would I rather deal four damage to something or have two amber? I, I don't think that's a very difficult choice, but um, it's still fun. Yeah, uh, I, I was actually thinking of saying that combo too. Um, I really like that one, uh, especially with wards, mm -hmm. because you can um, use nature's call or the muscle remove effect to deal the ward or destroy or bounce, yeah. you know, whatever order you want to do. So it gives you a lot of flexibility. Um, and Mustic Mermooks, I like all the Mermooks. Um, and I really like Mustic Mermook because I think it actually helps with the untamed game plan of like having a lot of creatures on the board mm -hmm. because when they're out, uh, the game slows down. Yeah. Um, but on your terms. And so mm -hmm. you use it to mess with their board and then you can get rid of your own uh, if you want or just forge for bigger numbers because if you're generating more amber than they are every turn then a higher key cost uh benefits you great yeah absolutely okay um and then uh if you could pick a maverick to get into untamed what would it be i think uh obsidian forge mm. and the reason for that is um Because you can get that first with the board, and um, essentially you could do some really interesting things. Actually, I just thought of uh, if you had the Mustic Verbooks out, you could Obsidian Forge them away and then forge for lower cost. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I think it would be a pretty cool one. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Especially with Must, uh, in the imprinted Mermook, too, now that I think of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, you would be able to leave it somehow. Mm -hmm. I guess if you leave it or destroy it, it would be the same. So, actually, maybe that one doesn't do too much. Um. No, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's good. I think. Uh. Saw somebody do it. Yeah, where they killed their own, and so essentially it, it ends up being like a two, amber swing, right? Because you're. It's reducing the cost by one, but you're also losing the the key the cost bump, so so it ends up um, being extra good. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I was trying to think. I don't think there's any like amazing combo necessarily that I would go for, but mm -hmm. um, I think being able to drop a taunt creature uh, on the untamed turn would just be so nice. Um, mm -hmm. And so having like a Brutadon or something like that just to, to th you know, throw down with Taliga maybe I, I would just be really a good feeling. Because that's, that's, that's so much the problem with some of these really nice untamed creatures is I just feel like they, they just die too, too easily. Yeah, that's a good point. So... Um, okay. And I guess in, mm -hmm. in the other, sorry, one last thing. I guess mm -hmm. in the other direction, if you have a lot of uh, crummy untamed creatures in your deck, if you had a Maverick Buzzle, you could just like purge all of them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that'd be the best <laughs> so. way to go, right? And that could actually work really nicely with the Harmonia, too. Like purge enough stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Unless you're you're blowing up the opponent's board too, maybe it doesn't work out that well, but. Hmm. Potential. Um, okay, and then what about uh, what about legacy? What 
what legacy card would you like to see played? I think definitely uh, Nepenthe Seed. Mm -hmm. It's just such an amazing card. It's useful in all kinds of circumstances. So just the fact that it's in Untamed, um, I think I would bring it up in this case. I don't think it has anything in particular to do um, with Worlds Collide Untamed that you know, wouldn't apply to any other house. I just think it's such a amazing card. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm kind of torn between um, either like which of which of the eye is really similar to the seed, but less mm -hmm. durable, or um, the other one I was thinking of is like a dusk witch um, would be pretty fun. Um, yeah, I think both of those would be. Awesome. Trying to imagine having a like having Sarian with a Dusk Witch. Oh yeah, that'd be pretty brutal. Yep. Or if you um, could get out like a if you had a Compsos Harspex out, then you could just do some crazy stuff mm -hmm. with Star Alliance and Dusk Witch. Yeah. Actually, no, you don't need Compsos for that. But if you Compsos for maybe creatures with all the play effects, and then Star Alliance alone with Dusk Witch would be out of control. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, that'd be um, plus. Oh gosh, add a add a transporter platform in there and. Ugh. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, here goes the the decks of keyboard search. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. And then it, do you do you have a particular like um, anomaly that that you think? Fits well with Untamed. Hmm. Well, I'll, I think um, mm -hmm. Infomancer or Memolith. Um, mm. If you could get that with a Mimicry, oh, that would be, yeah, that would be top. That sounds really good. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. The the okay. The one I was gonna say is um, is Ghost Form, but that's really because I I just I I got that recently. It's really fun, but um, mm -hmm. but it's really it's a really great card to throw on like an imprinted Mermook or something like that, just to or even like Taliga with Ghost Form, right? You don't need to re ever reef or fight with the Taliga once she's on the board. If you can just keep her safe, you're very happy. Yeah, Ghost Form on passive effects, um, on creatures with passive effects is so good. And mm -hmm. I remember when Worlds Glide first came out, um, there was a deck for sale which had. Two Taligas and a Ghost Form. Um, yeah, it's like, oh, I should have pounced on that. <laughs> I'm sure somebody did. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, this is a three-power beast with Skirmish, and if you have used a creature to reap this turn, then Grambolink's Earthplay ready. Uh, be pretty good. Yeah, I like this card. Um, I think it works well in multiples, too. Yeah, um, it's it can be a way to uh, clear out some problems on the mm -hmm. other side of the board, or just get you some extra amber. Um, I like that it's good at fighting and good at amber generation. So I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's very versatile. Mm -hmm. um, okay, next up is Cauldron Boil. This is an action with a bonus amber that says play deal damage to each creature equal to the amount damage on that creature. And like I said, I, I think this card gets like overlooked sometimes, but if you especially if you get it with like an unsuspecting prey, 
um, or something like that, it, it can be super good. Yeah, I think this card can lead to some big plays. Uh, mm -hmm. I've personally found it really inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Like either I don't want to play it. These are some examples of when it could go wrong. Um, I don't want to play it because my creatures are damaged, um, or it um, there is no damage on the board, so it just doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. um, or I drew it before the unsuspecting prey, and so there are a lot of situations where it doesn't work out. Um, I think if you plan carefully, though, like particularly if your deck has some archiving, like you could bust this yeah. out for a really big turn. Um, I I found save the pack probably more useful than this and i didn't think save the pack was too great either um mm -hmm. but i think there are some certain circumstances where you could pull off a really big play with this card yeah and you're right save the pack feels less bad to this card because there's no pip on it mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah the pip is you get some uh i don't know what you would call it but like it's lost really it's lost aversion but yeah yeah like, oh, I had five amber on last key and last turn. Like, what if I played <laughs> What if I murdered half my creatures? <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, so I'll read the next card. Deepwood Druid, um, three power elf witch, deploy, and play reap, fully heal a neighboring creature. Hmm. I, I think Not this is the one great. exception to, to purge the witch. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's disappointing they put the witch trait on this. It's a bringing shame. <laughs> I think that, I don't really get it. Um, I guess if you have a, a big creature next to it, preferably an untamed, um, yeah, you could keep using it to fight and heal, and it's kind of like a makeshift skirmish. Mm -hmm. um, I've also dropped this next to. Uh, I don't know, a big creature that had a lot of amber on it or something, and it healed. Yeah. Um, but this was, like, even more situational than Cauldron Boil. Yeah. I, I just wish this card did four. Like, even if okay, it maybe both... ward on play or something? Yeah. Sorry, what was that? E yeah, even if it, like, healed both its neighbors or something, it's such mm -hmm. a lame effect. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the effect is just super weak. I think healing, um, maybe if they associate it with amber, it's like if you heal this creature, you gain one amber or two amber, something. Mm -hmm. uh, or you could even, uh, if you fully heal a creature, you can bring your creature back. Uh, there's so many areas you could go with this. I think healing by itself is just not um, very interesting, especially on a creature. Yeah. Like if it was an action, yeah. it gave you a pip. It's like whatever. But, well, compare this to Ingram who does it on play fight reap, doesn't fully heal, but three is usually fully, adds a ward, mm -hmm. and like doesn't care where it is on the board. Like, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. Yeah, this was like Ingram, but it was only a neighbor and deploy. I think that's actually pretty reasonable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure what's going on with this card. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's unfortunate. Yep. Okay, next one, Ghost Hawk. Okay, this is not an unfortunate card. Uh, <laughs> I really like this card. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a dead draw. Um, mm -hmm. And I suppose if 
your opponent has a lot of ghost hawks, then maybe paying more attention to their board because yeah. if you can get rid of their creatures, then this ghost hawk's pretty weak. Mm -hmm. But you can do a lot of stuff with this. Um, it actually doesn't work too well if you just drew a big untamed hand. Mm -hmm. uh, let's say you're trying to get the creatures on the board, and hopefully you had some creatures that you could reap with, but you might not. And so this isn't a card you want to see that early in the game. Mm -hmm. However, I think the effect is very strong, uh, especially given all the strong, great reap effects there are, and um, the ways that you can get some untamed cards back into your deck. Mm -hmm. um, with low dawn or regrowth, I think um, increase the value of this card. So, I, I think it's a pretty good design. I, I'm a fan. Yeah, and this can even be you know if you have a really big board, this can be good value with nature's call. Oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah. That's, to, that's a great have a big board for that to work. But if you do, it's really cool. Mm hmm. Yeah, I agree. And um, also, this can get rid of some problematic stuns. So if you mm -hmm. want to go into another house, but they're stunned, like this can uh, remove those. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the current ruling is that this can reap even through Enrage, right? Yeah, I think that's what I heard, because um, Enrage is like you have to fight if if able, but it's only, Ghosthawk only gives the creature ability to reap. Right. Yeah, but it cannot make Toad reap. <laughs> right. Unfortunately. Uh, nothing, nothing can make Toad Reap. Uh, except for uh, Shadow of Beast. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing about Ghost Hawk, though, that I've bumped into a lot that is I have Fangtooth Cavern out. Yeah. And I would prefer to destroy one of my, uh, my opponent's creatures. So that gets in the way sometimes. I think my better untamed decks do have mm -hmm. Fangtooth Cavern. Mm hmm. You win some, you lose some. Yep. Yep. Um, okay, cool. Next up is Harmonia, which is a two-power human witch. Um, I think this, this is a pretty good witch. Um, with Elusive, and after you play a creature, if there are more enemy creatures than friendly creatures, gain an Amber. Um, I think people are... Well, when the set first came out, people were so used to Hunting Witch that they assumed you wouldn't get an Amber from the Harmonia itself. But mm -hmm. um, there, there's no stipulation on this one like there is on, on Hunting Witch. So, um, yeah, I've seen this be pretty good value a number of times. Yeah, I think this card can, can be pretty good. Um, as long as the rest of your lineup supports it. Like, mm -hmm. if you have an untamed lineup with a lot of creatures in it, um, this won't be doing very much. Um, but if you've got a lineup heavy with actions, uh, like Nature's Call could actually lead to some interesting combos with this. Um, there was another one I was thinking of that is escaping me, but yeah, I think this card is it's pretty strong. It doesn't fire as much as I would like. Um, mm -hmm. I suppose if you were to try a strategy where, let's say, you let them have a really big board, and then you um, drop Harmonia, play some creatures, and then do um, Unnatural Selection. Mm -hmm. that, that's the card I was thinking of, actually. 
then that could be pretty interesting because you gained a lot of amber and then destroyed um, the board, which allowed you to gain the amber from Harmonium. However, that invo involves a lot of cards to happen. Right. Um, it's so I think yeah. it's cool when it happens, but like that cannot be the linchpin of your strategy. Right. Yep. Yeah, and that and that I think is maybe one of the major differences between Worlds Collide versus Coda Untamed is is a lot of the, the Coda stuff is just good, um, period, and the Untamed stuff is like good if you get the right things in the right order at the right time, etc. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's a it's an okay card. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't fit well with. Um, I guess the way I like to play Worlds Collide Untamed, which is having a lot of creatures out. Right. But it, sometimes it can come in handy. Right. Yeah, yeah. If you like if you like playing board control, then <laughs> it's not it's not gonna work out for you. But it's good to look yeah. out for in your opponent's decks. Um That is true. Okay. Um Imprinted Mermook is a three power beast with elusive and it makes your keys cost minus one. Uh which is always good. Yeah, I really like this card. Um, I would love to have a competitive deck that has like three of these. Um, I, I had a competitive deck that had three of these, but I, I sold it. Sorry. Oh, well, here, it's gone. You can sell it to me if you get another <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, like this card is really good. It's mm -hmm. difficult to get rid of. The power is not that low. Mm -hmm. um, it, it has an issue with Perilous Wild, but that, that doesn't come up that often. Yeah. Um, being elusive. But yeah, your keys cost minus one, and they just have to do something about it. And particularly with Saurians, if you can protect this, yeah, um, it can be a big advantage. Mm -hmm. um, I think the, and the, the number one way it is such an advantage is there are so many, um, like, combos in the game especially in on the shadow side that like are there to get you to five to get your opponent mm -hmm. to five rather um and so if you can change the game state such that nope um i can be at five and it's fine uh that's a huge advantage yeah definitely um like this messes up too much protect and like doors up to heaven mm -hmm. and so yeah similar to the titan mechanic in that respect mm -hmm. i think this um, but this can be anywhere on the board too um yeah. and in some ways it's easier to get rid of than titan mechanic in some ways harder um yeah probably on the whole i'd say titan mechanic's more difficult to get rid of but this it's more is durable. definitely a challenge and and this isn't symmetrical right so it has that benefit yes um although you, you can it's pretty easy to turn off the titan mechanic yeah yep. then it's off for you too so well designed card. Yeah. Both in pretty mermook and Titan Mechanic. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. All right. So next we have Key Charge. So it's a reprint from the last two sets. Um, action, lose one amber. If you do, you may forge a key at current cost. Pretty great card. I think more difficult to use in this set than it was in Call of the Archons. Um, as far as Age of Ascension goes, I think the Untamed of Worlds Collide was better than the one in Age of Ascension. So probably this key charge is easier to fire. 
Um, with Com Officer Kirby, uh, this mm -hmm. card's pretty interesting, or Val Jericho. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I think the Key Charge is a very powerful card. Sometimes your lineup doesn't support it. Um, but I guess it, it mostly comes down to like if your untamed lineup isn't that good, then this card is pretty dead. Right. But if you have a good untamed lineup, you won't be sad to see this. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I agree. Like with the, the Kirby or Val, it can be super good. And and it's also like this is one of those cards that's really good with like the imprinted rumors, right? If you have one or two of those mm -hmm. out, suddenly really good still. Yep. Yeah, that is a great synergy. Okay. And then next up we have Molfin, three power beast as hazardous three and the passive effect after amber stolen from you, deal one to each enemy creature for each amber stolen. Mm. <laughs> I, I, when I have this card out, like people just steal anyway. Yeah. And it's like uh, I did some damage. Maybe I blew up Urchin or Ronnie Wrist Clocks, Bren. Yeah, like, yeah, blowing up Bren is actually terrible. Um, yeah, uh, I think if they merged this with um, Fang House from the previous set and it had Assault as well, then it would fit more into the kind of that Bramble Links space where mm -hmm. this card kind of does multiple things. Um, yeah. And you can figure out how to use it just in case one of the effects doesn't fire. Like, there, there are a lot of decks that have no stealing at all. And so this is a blank Hazardous 3. It's yeah. like Briar grubbling in that case which i think it's like hazardous five mm -hmm. um, so that's yeah molfin mm. i think it could be tweaked to be better i, I thought the idea is really interesting yeah. um to punish stealing i think the suffoloist in mass mutation mm -hmm. where it's just yeah. turn stealing off yeah if you have four or more amber um was I think more of what I would want to see from steel protection, particularly in untamed. Um, usually, dealing damage isn't that helpful for the untamed house. Yeah, this this is like this is extra bad against like rad penny, right? Where uh, <laughs> yeah, steel and oh, it goes back in your deck. That's that's pretty frustrating. Yeah, I I agree. Like this looked super cool. I had high hopes for it, but it just yeah, it just doesn't seem to be what you want to do. I think, like, yeah, this is jumping ahead sets again, like Book of Malefaction, even I think is a, is a much more interesting steel punish. Yeah, totally agree. And I mean, maybe if this just did more damage, like we would notice it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's sometimes this clear my board because I mm -hmm. I wasn't paying attention, and then. I got hit with it pretty bad, but that's just like an egregious error. Like that's <laughs> not really a reason this card is good. Right. Um, okay, cool. So next up is Mustak Murmuk. This is a four power beast and it makes each player's keys cost plus one. Um, and when you play it, you deal four to a creature. Um, and I like, yeah, I am always happy to see this in my deck. Because it means, like you said earlier, right? You're, I'm able to to um, control, you know, keeping my opponent off for a little while. Um, 
usually it works out in my favor and then just being able to mash that four damage uh, when it comes out and even being able to use it as a body to hit stuff later is, is really nice yeah totally um i've never said to see this card it means you have to stop it untamed you can i mean four damage it's it, out of hand is pretty powerful mm -hmm. like mighty tiger did that but it didn't ha even have the other effect and yes. i think mighty tiger is considered to be a pretty good card so yeah I love seeing Mustic Mermooks, especially with um, Nature's Call, Code Monkey, uh, mm -hmm. Hysteria, uh, any of the ways to replay it over and over. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty great. Works well with Regrowth, Load On. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is one of the best commons in the set. Yeah, yeah, it's solid. I think the the funniest thing about you know comparing it to Mighty Tiger is, I I think it's a strictly better version. I Mustic Mermook is. And mm -hmm. it's common instead of rare. So just, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, that, that worked out kind of funny. Yeah, I think Mighty Tiger's a beast, right? Yes, it's just Mighty Tiger with a different picture and a buff. Yeah, yep. Um, okay, and then and then next up is Regrowth, um, which is an, an oldie but goodie. This is an action with a bonus amber. Uh, when you play it, you return a creature from your discard pile to your hand and... You know, you're almost always gonna find some nice untamed creature to do that. Good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I think the play effects are more lacking um, mm -hmm. in this set. Like I'm thinking, okay, I want to return Dust Pixie, or even in the older set, like returning uh, Amber's Fine Mongrel or uh, Dew Fairy or stuff like that. Those cards tended to be more of must removes. Um, here, I guess I could regrowth those talk and the Mermooks and some of the rest I regrowth and it doesn't feel great. Yeah. Um, so I, sometimes I just go regrowth it to the house I'm planning to call next. Mm. Boy, that's that's not a good sign worlds collide untamed. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right. Okay, so next up we have Rusnar, um, four power beast insect, fight, destroy an artifact. Um, note, you have to do that. And then if that artifact has an amber bonus, you gain that much amber. So I, first of all, I like that it is artifact control. Um, so it's finicky to get off, but at least it, it can do it. Like your deck has a capability to take an artifact out because um, I have some decks that are really good, but they don't have artifact control. And so when someone drops a good artifact, like it can be pretty frustrating. But if you have a Rustnar on your deck, you know, like you can look for it and try and do something about it. Um, <clears throat> I have been in situations before where I wanted to fight with a Rustnar and I have to pull up one of my own artifacts, which is pretty annoying. Um, one, one combo in AOA, which was cool, was um, you could uh, destroy the Sting with this. Um, I don't think the Sting was in this set. So, and also the artifact control in Worlds Collide is like pretty superior compared to um, the previous sets because you have, uh, well, Hawk is probably the biggest thing, but there's a common artifact removal from hand. So, yeah, yeah I think this card is pretty mediocre. But it yeah. does serve a 
purpose in Untamed that I think other than grasping vines, um, I don't know how you can deal with artifact and this one gets rid of it permanently. So I I think I'm fine seeing one in my deck. Yeah, I was happy to see even even a couple just means it's a little more consistent. Um it's funny though, I like where I found this to work is actually when you get it in like a Brobnar deck with the Stinger Chieftain so you can you know immediately fire it off that way. Um Oh that's nice. And yeah, it is nice, but then it's Worlds Collide Brobnar and <laughs> you have you know, <laughs> other problems to deal with at that point. But um but it can be pretty good. I'm actually really excited to see how this does against like I mean, th these are the weird edge cases, but you know, in in uh in mass mutation you're gonna have somebody at some point somebody's gonna drop an artifact with like three bonus amber on it, and then somebody's gonna rust nar it and it's going to be pretty cool. So whenever that happens, I want to hear about it. Oh, yeah, that's right. You gain as much amber as it happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you don't gain for the other icons, um, but the right. amber icon, is, that's, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and of course, I mean, in, in Mass Mutation, you have Reclaimed by Nature, which is much better artifact. Oh, and that also, that just gives you for the bonus icons a bonus amber. That gives you all of them, and it, and it just... It purges it, yeah. Pretty solid. Yeah, I. Hmm. Yep, that does seem like the Rusnar idea, but much better yeah. version typically. Um, with with skirmish, this could yeah. be pretty good. Um, I put an instrument of silence on the Rusnar before and uh, tried to clean up. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then um, we've got Song of the Wild action uh, play. For the remainder of the turn, each friendly creature gains gain one. Um, so it's a pretty good card. The problem is it when you draw it in the wrong order, it feels terrible. Yeah. And that happens a lot. Um, like creatures in Worlds Collide live a bit longer than in Coda, um, just because there were fewer board clears. Um, Age of Ascension also had, um, you know, Coward's End and Unlock Gateway and that stuff. Uh, this set, I, I don't know if there's any card that just totally deletes the board except um, like Key to Dis. The, yeah, that could I be mean, forgetting there's, some. There's Harbinger of Doom, but like, that's... Uh, yeah, that's true. But that, I mean, yeah, that one it's it's pretty slow. Yeah, uh, yeah, that does that does clear the board. That's true. Um, yeah, reap gain one. Well, a, a lot of these creatures that we weren't too excited about, like Deepwood Druid, I mean, benefit from this, and so they're not necessarily high priority targets for your opponent. And then you can do Song of the Wild, right? Uh, so I think if you if you have a key charge. Mm -hmm. And this, um, that's pretty powerful, um, but that's also dependent on luck. I think right. without archives, this card is going to leave you heartbroken a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely much better with archives. Much better if you can get it, you know, to fire with Ghost Talk, and then, mm -hmm. um, and then, and then of course, <laughs> um, yeah, much better. 
better in Mass Mutation if you get it with a Dark Harbinger. Um, so. Oh, that's a, like a Cincinnati style combo. I've never thought of that combo before. Um, I have a I have a saved search for it on Deck of Evil. I'm pretty excited about it, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's that's pretty good. It's it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, especially if you have like other actions. Um, but again, like that that's yeah. I think Song of the Wild in in Worlds Collide is just a dud. So much of the time is really really rough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but when it works, it's it's a really big play. I think even bigger mm -hmm. than Harmonia, like Ghost Talk mm -hmm. or Song of the Wild, Ghost Talk, Game Four, mm -hmm. uh, E Charge, like that's that's great. Um, but when it's not supported by Archives, though, um, you'll be playing this card a lot for no effect, or or gain one. Right. Yep. Okay. Uh, so next up is Tantadlin. This is a nine power tree. It only deals two damage when fighting. Uh, after it fights, you discard a random card from your opponent's archives. Uh, and I, it's back from AOA, uh, and it's pretty meh. About all I can say for it, I think. <laughs> yeah, interacting with opponent's archives, not many cards can do that. Um, I just think it's not. Um, it's not enough. Uh, maybe if this had Rustnar's effect, that would be pretty nice. Uh, because mm -hmm. you can actually survive multiple hits. Um, but if your deck doesn't have archives, I'd say like most decks don't. Yeah. Um, then it's a nine power creature that deals two damage when fighting. I mean, I think even like Galea Tops and all that, those kind of Saurian cards that have big powers and they deal more damage than this. So, hmm. yeah, yeah, I think this card could use a buff. And um, one thing that's nice about it, in Worlds Collide though, is um, it works well with Fangtooth Cavern mm -hmm. because you can, if you have multiple Tentablins, you're clearing their board and and reaping perhaps. Yeah, they're surviving. Yeah, and there have been times like I discarded the card that they needed from their archives, but yeah. it's it's quite situational. I think at a, at a common, you just see this way more than you want to. Right. Yep. Um, okay, and then next up is the fittest, which you mentioned earlier. Um, this is great. It's an action with a bonus amber that gives each friendly creature a plus one power counter. Like, this is what Bumblebird always should have been, I think. Yep. Um, and it's just great. Yeah, great card. I think it's a common. Happy to see this. It affects all your creatures, not just Untamed. Mm -hmm. um, it takes many of those small creatures with good passive effects out of the danger zone mm -hmm. um, of like two power or less. I guess um, those are more in Call of the Archons, I suppose, than in this set. But a four power and pretty removed um, is definitely more challenging to. Yeah to deal with and uh, yeah as I mentioned earlier with Fangtooth Cavern maybe Pempakahanga uh, and Jaga like you could have a really good sweeper set um, yeah. with Untamed yep okay 
Okay. So next up, we have unnatural selection action with an amber pip play. Choose three friendly creatures and three enemy creatures. Destroy each other creature. I really like this card. I, I think it's super great. Um, mm -hmm. It can stop those runaway boards. Um, you leave their three worst creatures, pick different houses, and you have your three best. Works well if you have some stuff warded, um, because then you could have more than three. Just really good card, and I think necessary. Uh, you know, with some of the other cards we've been seeing, like if they didn't have this in Untamed either, like uh, I'm not sure how playable it would be. Like uh, having that board clear, mm -hmm. which is more difficult to find in Worlds Collide, and it's not a total clear, but um, this really boosts the power of Untamed. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think the flavor is great. The picture is funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just also sad, I guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're not, they're not real the creatures. name, yeah, yeah, it's like a roadrunner. Yeah, or Wiley Coyote running to a wall. Yep. Um, um, yeah, the name is cool too. So mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of this card. I, I mm -hmm. love seeing it in multiple. Yeah. So yeah, and I think like uh, one of the un maybe slightly underappreciated benefits of this card is because you're choosing both sides, right? You get to leave your opponent with their worst three creatures. And you with your best three. So even if you have the same size board and you're each leaving the same number of creatures, um, you're still going to come out ahead because mm -hmm. you have that power of choice. Which... Yeah, totally. And also, if you have a big board and you need to discard this, I mean, you're not really that sad because right. it's like what well, you're winning. So right. <laughs> whereas the other cards, it's like you discarded yes. it. Andrew losing. That's not very fun. Yes, yes, that's the uh, that's the income tax. Problem. Yeah. If you if you have something <laughs> to complain about, then you don't have any. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to think about it. Okay. Uh, cool. Next up. Okay. Unsuspecting prey action. Uh, deal two damage up to up to three undamaged creatures. Uh, so this works well with Cauldron Boil. Mm -hmm. Can get rid of some small creatures. Uh, this actually I've found more useful playing against Call of the Archons. Mm -hmm. It's like you delete the Ember Imp and Restoring Guntis. Yes. Uh, Hunting Witch. Yeah, so that, that's great. In Worlds Collide, trying to think of what are the two power creatures that I need to get rid of. I mean, it's not immediately coming to mind. It, like, I think it's Eddie hard. is three. Yeah, I think it's hard because the best, the like, um, you you one could argue that Sarian is the best house in the game. I think it's probably a toss up between Sarian and Ogos, and mm -hmm. um, and Sarian does not have a single power two creature, and mm. um, and Logos. Um, actually, oddly, because Logos, um, you know, they're not super big, but uh, you know, daughter there, right? You can kill daughters, yep. but um, mm -hmm. there's not really any other super value there. Oh, babbling bibliophile, right? But mm -hmm. um, but nobody expects those to live anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So 
yeah. So I think I think because of that, it's a little less valuable. But but against Coda and even against AOA, right? You, like this two of them, you killed. Um, uh, I can't believe Rise got another triple Grey Rider deck, right? So this this kills all three of them. Really nice. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grey Rider, Grey Rider, and triple kit is busted. Yeah. Um, but this this fixes it. <laughs> I think if this is your solution to the Grey Riders, like you may have some bigger problems. <laughs> maybe, maybe but, so. uh, I mean, it. This is a pretty underwhelming card. I think if it had a pip, I would, I would probably stop stop complaining about it. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah, dealing damage and healing is just by itself not super good. This could fit. I don't know if this was reprinted in Mass Mutation, but with damage pips, I mean, this is better. Um, it's not because as soon as you hit them with the damage pip, they they become uneligible for the two because because the, the pips come first. No, I meant like uh, just having damage pips in the decks means like you could take out some oh. people after you soft them up with this. Right. Oh yeah 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 yes for sure yeah. Um, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a stretch. Yeah, yep. Um, okay, cool. So uh, next up is Camo... Oh, we're into the uncommon territory now. Um, camouflage mm-hmm. is an upgrade with a bonus amber. Um, I think this is back from AOA, right? Um, yep. And it says that creatures not on a flank cannot fight this creature. Um, I It's okay, but I, I I can't think of a situation where I felt like this really impacted the game. Um, other than just giving me an amber. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it can boost Light of the Archons. Um, <laughs> it can make some creature even yeah. harder to get rid of. I think I have a deck with like Encounter Suit and Calipigian Ideal and Camouflage mm-hmm. uh, on a like Perfectus Ludo or something in uh, mm. City Gates. And so it was... It was getting out of control, but the camouflage is definitely the least important card of the ones I named. So, right, it's yeah, it's pretty mediocre. It gives you a pip though, um, yeah, and it does interact with upgrades. Like, if well, I guess army officer now, um, you know, this is interesting for that, but you wouldn't have that card. So, right, yeah, yeah it's it's okay. I mean, yeah. I I think it's it's better than a creature that has an effect that's harder to fire, just because it gives you an amber and mm-hmm. it does give you some protection. Yep, yep, I agree. Um, okay, next up is the Fangtooth Cavern, uh, which is uh, an artifact with a bonus amber, <laughs> and it says at the end of your turn you destroy the least powerful creature. Um, and yeah, this this one's super fun. I think. Partially because it changes the parameters of the game so much um, that it it really, um, both players start having to play around it, you know, okay, do I, do I discard this so that my opponent's creature will die or um, what's the, what's the, what's the right approach here? And um, I, I think that type of effect is actually really good for the game. Yeah, I I love those kind of artifacts like Soul Snatcher, mm-hmm. Beat Sigil, uh, Gambling Den that have um, effects that really warp the game state and change the game up a lot. Uh, 
keeps it fresh, makes things interesting. You can't just play on the autopilot anymore. Like, right. <clears throat> you have to consider the card. Um, Fang to the multiples is very interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't, I actually don't think I have any decks that have that, but um, uh -huh. it seems pretty fun. And yeah. yeah, a lot of times you discard creatures. Uh, the power of your creatures matters a lot. I find this doesn't work that well if you have shadows in your deck um, mm -hmm. because the creatures are so tiny. Uh, but if you have <coughs> other big houses, pretty pretty powerful. And um, I've, if you can get this out early, you could destroy like five or six creatures. That's over the course of a game. That's actually mm -hmm. quite uh, impactful. Yeah, yeah. I have this in a in a deck that. Um... It can it can archive a ton with Thalophosaurus, and then the one of the nice things to do is drop an eye mm -hmm. on the table and then discard you know five or six beast cards that you had uh, in archives and, and steal a bunch. Um, the the bummer is always that you know okay I get to fire that off and then and then the eye's dead so it's not it's a one turn thing but but because it's sorry and like outside of that. It kills a lot of opponent stuff, so it's usually worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and steal six and go away. I mean, that's quite good. Yeah, <laughs> there are, and then and yeah, <laughs> there are worse situations for sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, but you do have the opportunity cost there, right? Like you blew up your own creature and not one mm -hmm. of theirs, so it is a little painful. Mm -hmm. Okay. So next up, we have. Plaxia, which is a reprint. Mm -hmm. The fairy. Four power. Play. Gain two if you control more creatures than your opponent. So I think this fits more in the way I like to play Untamed, um, but just putting mm -hmm. a lot of creatures down yeah. um, than Harmonia does. And actually, this card and Harmonia are at odds. So hopefully, mm -hmm. you don't get them in the same deck. Right. Uh, with recurrence, like. You could put Flaxia down, Nature's Call, put it down again, get it back with Regrowth, get it back with Lodon. Uh, I think this is his classic Untamed. It's perfect at a Uncommon, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, this seems to be like a more balanced version of Dust Pixie. Yes. Yeah, Definitely. and you can't Infernus this either, that. which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that feels really good. Um, when you get this off and then your opponent's like, okay, I guess, I guess I don't want you to do that again, so I'll delete it, but yeah, but they don't, they don't hurt you at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for power, I mean, you could use this to take a nuisance off the table and yep. regrowth into it, or use this low dawn fodder. Like, yep. Yeah, it's a great card. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> then we have Fogbank, action with an Amber Pip. Um, your opponent cannot use creatures to fight on their next turn. I think this is a pretty powerful effect, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you've got a good uh, board state going on, which in Worlds Collide um, more important than in other sets. Uh, so having having fighting turned off could be a uh, potentially a huge problem if you're able to fire your Philophosaurus or CXO Tabor or anything uh, that needed to stay alive for a turn and maybe the only way they were able to get rid of it was by fighting um, mm -hmm. or you could set up your taunts and the, this is a pretty disruptive card in the set so I'm I'm usually happy to see it 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think the only um, <laughs> the only situation where I've seen that backfire um, was it involved um, uh, more than one ganger chieftain and strong reap effects. But um, mm. but but <laughs> nine times out of ten, you know, this is really good and and it does help you, like you were saying, build up. Okay, like I'm gonna drop Taliga. I'm gonna drop. You know, um, a couple of other good untamed creatures. I'm gonna say you can't fight, so you're you're just gonna have to leave those creatures on the board. And then next turn, I'm gonna do a song of the wild or something like that, right? Like it, it can be. Yep. Um, it can be really nice if you fire fire that off. Like that. Yeah, in that case, you might even um, hold the song of the wild uh, just to get that effect. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But if you don't see Fog Bank, you should just discard it. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah. Um, also, that that is a good point though that you made. Like, um, if they have Ganger Chieftain, Drummer Knot, or Gray Riders, like you're probably better off just tossing this card um, mm -hmm. because they could reap to six. Uh, yeah. Which is pretty bad. Or, well, if they're already on the board. <clears throat> yep. Um, okay, cool. Uh, next up is uh, Gevlek. This is a five power beast with destroyed. Discard the top card of your deck. <clears throat> if it is a creature, after Gevlek leaves play, put that creature into play in Gevlek's position of the battle line. Um, possibly one of the more tortured. Um, rules tests in the game, but um, but I still I think this is actually pretty. I think this card is fine. Um, it's a little bit of a bummer if you hit something that has a play effect. That's good, but still, like, I I generally think this is fine, and and actually having a five power body in Untamed that. Like doesn't appear super threatening, um, can can be a really nice effect. So I I really like it. Hmm. Yeah, I think five power is good, and it does do something. Um, I'm just concerned about discarding a card that you might actually want. Mm -hmm. um, I think I would like this better if it actually discarded more cards, like keep discarding until you get a creature or something because then you're going through your deck faster. But if you burn one card, it might be a card that you wanted. Yeah. The creature that gets put into play, you wanted the play effect and you didn't get it. Um, if yeah. it's an untamed creature, it comes in exhausted. You can't even use it. Uh, so uh, to me, I mostly just see five with a blank text. Right. Yeah, I, th I think that's a fair way. That's a fair way to think about it. Um, and yeah, I agree. If it were discard until you find a creature and put that creature into play, um, that would be much better. Um, it, you know, and honestly, I think if it said put it into play ready, that mm -hmm. wouldn't make it too good. I think it would be Yeah, fine. for sure. I think mm -hmm. it would be fine. And in fact, what that would do is that would make your opponent want to kill it on their turn. So yeah, that yeah, it could be better. But I still think having a five power body is 
pretty fine. Yeah, and with a pampaka, like uh, yeah. it can be difficult to get rid of. And okay, you throw it into someone, and it died, and maybe you're getting another creature on the board. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, okay. Cool. Next up is Grasping Vines, and this is an action with a bonus amber. Uh, been around since Coda that uh, returns up to three artifacts to their owner's hands. Um, yeah, I think this one is is actually pretty nice, um, partially just because of the versatility. And if you if you happen to have I, the untamed artifacts in this set are not super wonderful, except for maybe Fangtooth Cavern. But if you happen to have like one of those, and you can like push two of an opponent's artifacts into their hand, and then also get an extra amber out of pushing the thing tooth cavern back to yours and playing it again. Like it's yep. pretty fine. Yeah, that's a great combo. Uh, I think this card's outstanding, uh, especially if they have multiple artifacts at different houses with no amber. Um, this could be a big setback. Yes. Uh, by clogging up your hand. Um, I wish this card was a common actually. It just make mm -hmm. the artifacts a little more balanced. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's a great card. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I agree. Bless you. Um, cool, okay. Moving on. Okay. Instrument of Silence, upgrade. This creature gains skirmish and fight gain one. So I'm slightly impressed by this card. Uh, I think Skirmish is a very strong ability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that you're able to gain one and take creatures off the board and you don't take any damage in return um, is pretty great. I think putting this on... <clears throat> it can go well pretty much on uh, any creature with a fight effect that's interesting. Um, it doesn't feel too bad to just put it on any creature, really, because yeah. it could always fight. Um, and being able to repeat an effect like uh, Dendrix or Rusnar mm -hmm. or um, um, Legatus Raptor God like over snag. and over. Snag, yeah. Uh, I, I think I have a deck with this and Snag, and Impact Jaga. They might be two different decks. Uh, yeah, Ugh. you could just lock them out of the game um, with that, uh, if they keep playing creatures. Right. Um, snag into Elusive is the worst, because you can control yes. that. But presumably with this, the creatures are dying. Uh, but yeah, you can, you can cause some big problems. So I think it's, I think it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. OK. Yep, Next up, we've got. King of Fant, um, five power beast. Each creature gains reef destroy this creature. So it's just worded slightly differently than the blood shard imp, mm -hmm. right? It says after a creature reefs destroy it. Uh, I don't, I don't think I know the rules well enough to understand the implications of that. I just thought it was interesting that mm -hmm. this one is like a keyword reef. Uh, is there a difference? Um, that's a good question. I don't think that there is the timing point is the same because it's it's after it's after it reaps but um 
the only thing I can think of is if if uh I see I don't think that this counts as being part of your your the creature's text box. So I'm just trying to think of it like interacts differently with Shadow of Dees, but I don't even think it does. I think mm-hmm. I think if this is on your side of the board and you play Shadow of Dees, then your opponent's creatures are going to die whether you play Bloodshard Imp or King. I think it's more like I think this is actually more about them fixing their templating than about mm-hmm. fixing the the actual like game flow. Gotcha. Yeah, it's good to clean that up. So mm-hmm. um, if that was uh, what this was about, then then kudos. I guess with the with the shadow of this, if if um, you had the blood shard imp and you played it on them, their creatures would still blow up. Whereas if well, actually, yeah, it's the same, right? Because if I, I can't think so, but I wouldn't. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Be- due to it being five power, um, you really have control over. You have more control over how long the effect lasts. So if you drop this in a way, it, it is a creature control because either they have to waste time getting rid of it, potentially fighting it, which could most likely result in them losing at least one creature, mm-hmm. um, or they can ignore the effect and then they're not reaping. So you're getting some good amber control or their creatures are dying after they reap just because they're really trying to push. And on your turn, you know, you could just reap and, and blow it up and then you could proceed with the rest of your turn. So right. I think it's a pretty powerful uh, card. And if you want it gone, you can fight with it or reap with it. So you have a lot of control. Now, if you drop it and you're going into other houses for a lot of turns, then it can backfire. So yeah. I think you have to really understand how it fits into your deck. Yes. Yeah, I think that is the biggest problem. Is just um because like mm, there are definitely decks where you want to stay in the same house several turns in a row if things are going right. And I I think that's almost never true about Untamed. And that so, um, it's almost be- best as like a catch-up card where it's like, okay, I'm gonna put this on the. I'm a little bit behind on creatures. I'm gonna put this on the board, and my opponent is going to have to deal with it before they use their reap effect, or they're gonna pay a price. Um, yep. But and then the other thing, you know, when you're playing against something like this, you have to think. Like I know. Sometimes I think people get caught in the trap of thinking almost too long term. And there are times where maybe you're like you're you have two keys and four amber and you're going into your turn and your opponent has a king of pant on the board. And the right answer is to like let your stuff die. Yep. Because it doesn't it doesn't matter. And sometimes people get caught in the trap of thinking, Oh, I have to I have to answer that. But it's not always mm. true. So um Anyway, that that's just something to think about when you're playing against cards like this. Is 
sometimes the obvious right answer isn't actually the right answer. Right. What you might do toward the end of the game to push to threaten the third key um, mm -hmm. is different than trying to set up your board state and infrastructure and stuff, which I think is a great part of the design of this game, how mm -hmm. the your strategy changes as the game progresses. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so next up is, is one of the better, like, Amber Ramp. And I think more consistent if you, well, I guess it depends on what time of the, when you get it, but fairly consistent, like, Amber Ramp card in is Lodon. And so it's an action with a bonus Amber, which is always solid. Yep. And it says... If there are three or more untamed creatures in your discard pile, gain two, um, which turns into three amber, which is fantastic, uh, and then shuffle each untamed creature from your discard pile into your deck. I think whether this is good is just is going to depend on the quality of your untamed creatures. If you have if you have a bunch of really bad untamed creatures, then this is bad, and your deck is probably bad, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but if you have a you know if you have a bunch of mermooks of various um, subtypes and like some other good creatures um, then then this is fantastic and makes you very happy so depends yeah I I agree with everything you said I think if you get this near the end of the when you're about to reshuffle your mm -hmm. deck um you could do some pretty interesting deck manipulations get yeah. drawn to some big untamed hands again which is nice uh yeah if you have better play effects like mad the mad and um mermooks or you know, good passive effects that is certainly stronger than shuffling like tantadlins back in your right. desk right. um <laughs> but, yeah i i think if i don't have three creatures and the creatures are pretty bad. I might not play this. Yeah. But I usually will play it. And um, also, you can have some good bursty turns. Like, let's say you have four amber, and um, you're about to call it untamed for the first time. Uh, sometimes, like, uh, I'll discard my creatures and just play this. Mm -hmm. Um because I think the board is going to go away, or I'm trying to threaten the key, uh, play aggressively in that matchup. So yeah. uh, I've definitely done that before. You can discard Ghost Hawk if it's not going to be relevant, um, and shuffle it back in. I think this card has a lot of vers uh, versatility. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Um, okay. Yeah. Next up is Mab the Mad. This is a one power or two power. Uh, fairy with a bonus amber on it. This is the um, one of very few creatures that has a bonus amber on it um, inherently. And uh, when you reef with it, you shuffle it back into your deck. Um, and importantly, because you know this, this is the the reef timing. Like if you do have King of Fant out, that you can shuffle this back in before the king destroy it. Um, mm. If your opponent has like a blood shard end, you can shuffle the back end before it would die or get stunned or, or whatever uh whatever the thing is right um and uh yeah i think that's a pretty it's a pretty good effect 
Hmm. So I've tried to think. So let's say it didn't say that. Um, then you could keep reaping, right? Uh -huh. With it until it's dead. Uh -huh. um, and it goes back in your deck, and you just play it again and get one. And you have uh -huh. to call untamed either way. Yep. So I guess I'm not sure if I even want to shuffle this back into the deck. Hmm. Well, I think it's probably better in... Like, it's probably not so good with Flaxia, but is better with, like, Harmonia and uh, mm -hmm. Natural Selection, right? If you use it, fire it before you play a Natural Selection, then um, that's one less creature you have to destroy. It would definitely be better, like, if you had a second Amber Tip on it, it would be crazy. Yeah. Like, and I think it'd work yeah. well with like Full Moon and Hunting Witch, um, but we don't have yeah. those. Definitely. Definitely. You have cards like that. Well, and that's where, like, if, you, if you're playing a Harmonia-style deck, then this becomes better, because it does yeah. have two Amber Pips. So mm -hmm. functionally at that point. Um, yeah. I'd be really interested to see this in Mass Mutation. Um, yeah, that with Enhance. Yeah, although effectively we have that with Radfinning, so um, and Radfinning is a lot more reliable. Yeah, that's a, a steal. Yep. So, yeah, I'm never like really excited to see this in deck because it's it's not like a um, it's not particularly interesting, I guess I would mm -hmm. say. Um, but I do think it's pretty good amber generation, and like pretty fine in that regard. Yeah. I think um, a creature with amber on it is is nothing to complain about. Um, I just don't know if the effect is a, is a negative. I, but yeah, it does have the harmonious synergy, Dr. Millie synergy, red alert. Uh, I suppose if your deck is small, Mm -hmm. You could definitely get it back sooner than if it went to the discard. Yeah. Yeah, not sure. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, so next up we have Mimicry. Action. When you play this card, treat it as a copy of an action card in your opponent's discard pile. Um, I really like this card. Yeah. It does so much it's super fun to play it can be a utility card for pretty much anything your deck needs so if you don't have artifact control but you have a mimicry you could get that going if you don't have a board clear um, if you just need to get a stop a scaling amber steel uh, just so powerful and it gets better you know when you play and um, like more competitive events and in casual it's just a lot of fun too so i i really like this card um i'm sad it didn't make it into mass mutation um yeah. it's one of my favorite cards in the game in in worlds collide it it took a bit of a hit because decks seem to have fewer actions than they did before yep so sometimes this card is actually not doing much still uh I think it's really great. 
yeah, I agree. I think this is like best against like this is almost certainly best against Coda. Um mm -hmm. and and I think like uh yeah, one of our friends has one with has the deck with three mimicries in it and like that against a Coda control deck is just the most frustrating thing you can imagine, right? Cuz they're taking these insane um untamed amber generation turns while control so bad um yep but uh but yeah in worlds collide i think the really super swingy actions are a little fewer although you know if you're playing at somebody with saurian and like tribute pretty insane i think mm -hmm. so they're they're definitely the, the options out there but but I agree, Worlds Collide and, and AOA both care a lot about board. Um, ten, good decks tend heavy. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a fair point. Yeah. Big fan yeah. of this card. Never, never sat to see it. Yeah, yeah, it's for sure. It's It's always fun. And I think like yeah, it's one of the, it's one of the cards, and I think, like, in, uh, yeah, I think it's one of the cards that stands out in my mind as being, like, ah, this is indicative of what Keyforge is, um, mm -hmm. and, like, the other one that really stands out in my mind is Wild Wormhole, um, mm. but, and I, I suspect that with Mass Mutation, because this is the, um, basically starting with Mass Mutation, there's no card that's all four sets, um, I suspect that that was something they decided they wanted to do, is hit that that milestone of there's no card that's been every set. I my guess is somebody like actually I don't know, but I imagine somebody writing that on a white point. <laughs> yeah, I could totally see that. <laughs> and um, but if they ha if if not, then like the two cards that would most obviously worth keeping, I think would be Wild Wormhole. Yeah, I think uh, I agree that those cards are memorable, unique. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, those are the cards you just love to see and make this game so much fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Uh, next up, Nature's Call. So this is a card that uh, isn't so much of a key four G card, but so sometimes it's not so fun. It's extremely powerful. Uh, so uh -huh. it gives you an Amber Pip and has a really good effect of uh, return up to three creatures to their opponents, to their owner's hands. So first of all, it's optional. So you can return zero to three creatures, mm -hmm. um, which gives you tons of flexibility. It gives you Amber, just just crazy. And uh, bouncing creatures affects your draw. Mm -hmm. Like you have to play them again. You couldn't do what you wanted to do uh, when you call that house again, your opponent that is. It gets around all the uh, amber protection that Saurian has. Mm -hmm. So yes. they, they Imperial Scudum, okay, it just gets bounced back to the hand. Um, so you, you don't have the combo with uh, like hunting witch and dust pixie anymore 
-hmm. You can get some interesting combos going with uh, Kirby and Star Alliance, though, because mm -hmm. you could bounce Kirby back mm. or um, Medic Ingram, then like you're warding multiple creatures or playing multiple actions and getting things uh, really set up there. Mm -hmm. So I think that's that's nice. Uh, but yeah, other than Star Alliance, I don't know what kind of uh, fancy combos you could do other than the more straightforward ones like bouncing the Musk remove click back to your hand. Um, yeah. Usually I'm using this to mess with um, Saurians. Yeah. Or just disrupting by sending creatures from multiple houses back to the hand. Yeah, I agree. In Coda, like, I think this is a much more offensive card, and in other words, like, it's more about progressing your game state, mm -hmm. whereas in Worlds Collide, it's more often offensive, where you're are, um, hurting the opponent's game state less, or more so than advancing your own. And, like, dream of playing this as an offensive card is that your opponent has Know, like a creature in each house that has like a strong fighter reap effect and not a good play effect and you pop those back to their hands and be like haha you know enjoy like on your next turn you can one of these yep feels pretty yeah good. that is painful but those feel good and uh sometimes you can bounce your your own stuff even if you have to wait so like you bounce infernus or ronnie back mm -hmm. that's not that bad because they know it's coming yeah. down again, and yep. those have those cards have powerful play effects, so it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if and if you bounce like the Infernus or the Ronnie, like, what what is your opponent gonna do, right? Like, they still want to generate the Amber. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> it's not like they can really. You know, the best thing they can do with Ronnie is give six instead of seven, but. Um. Still, still feels kind of bad. Yep, it definitely affects them adversely. Yeah. Dream. Affect your adversity. Absolutely. <laughs> um, cool. All right. So next up uh, is is actually both the the Panpakas. So first one is Panpaka Inga, who's a five power beast uh, that says creatures to the right of Panpaka Inga on the battle line get plus two power. And uh, and then Panpaka Jaga, who three power beast with skirmish, and says that creatures to the left of Panpaka Jaga in the battle line gain skirmish. Um, both uh, both pretty cool effects. Yeah, these cards are really great. Um, I especially like Panpaka Jaga has skirmish itself. Yep. Uh, unfortunately. Anga doesn't boost itself. I guess you could say that it did boost itself because it right. was five powers for a three. Uh, so that's that's an interesting touch that I just never thought of until. Oh yeah, if you now. yeah if you put these opposite each other, then that you have two five power creatures. Skirmish. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, and and I I don't know this or not, but they're actually like supposed to be um like tributes to Richard Garfield's sons. So. Yeah, I've heard that, and also like the Avenda, Javenda. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. 
it's it's so funny yeah. to me like so out of the two of these i prefer inga like if i'm gonna get one or the other i i like getting inga better um because mm -hmm. i think about like all the creatures that now um are harder to kill which i, I yep. guess is like a more defensive mindset and you and i know other people too that are more excited about jaga i i Yes, must indicate a more offensive mindset. I just think it's an interesting thing that that we different ones. Yeah, I think it depends on your play style. And yeah, um, yeah, I do prefer Jaga. I I like both. I seem to see Anga in my decks a lot more. Me too. It, yeah, even though they're both uncommon, so I'm not sure what that's about. But <laughs> um, maybe Jaga never appears in multiples. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. If that's true or not. Yeah, that uh, is that is weird. And and you're right. Inga is good in multiples, whereas Jaga is less good in. Right. Yeah. Not much of an effect. Um, in Keyforge, I think of fighting as like a control mechanism because, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I guess offensively, like I want to reap, right, mm -hmm. to get closer to the goal, and with Jaga, I just shut down your engine right um and yeah a lot of decks can just grind to a halt if you continuously fight their board off yeah uh, particularly in world squad yeah yeah and yeah i actually i agree with that i definitely like i i've realized i like playing a lot more be your average player mm -hmm. um but but again like to me it's like anga is the more exciting board control card i know it sounds silly but to me it's like okay cool you know i can i can you know with anga on the board i can hit stuff and yeah i take damage so i can't do it twice but usually usually one good turn creatures with plus two power hitting stuff and like you're, you're solidly in anyway but but mm -hmm. again i just think it's like difference play style and uh, uh yeah I don't, I don't know lots of lots of fun happening yeah so i have a question for you if your opponent had both out which one are you taking out first oh that's a good point i kill the jaga first yep 100 mm -hmm. percent. i mean unless unless i know i can kill both on the same turn right then i probably kill the anga first so the jaga is easier but uh, but yeah, yeah, for sure, I killed the Jaga first. Hmm. Yeah, I'm curious what other people would say. Hmm. Is that is that your answer too? Yeah. 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 That yeah, that's an interesting. I. Um. I. I yeah. I know the answer like a hundred percent. That's not a hard answer, but um. But it is funny to me that I prefer the one that I'm less. That I feel less. Threatened by. Threatened by. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. I, huh. I don't know. All right. All right. Uh, next up, we've got the Feathered Shaman. Two power. Human Witch. Elusive. Fight Reap. Ward each of the Feathered Shaman's neighbors. I'm not too excited by this card. Uh, pretty finicky. Take a turn mm. one play. It's nice because you could put some stuff next to it and then eventually ward it uh mm -hmm. 
I think maybe they suspected this card was like too powerful and toned it down. I think mm-hmm. it's maybe toned down a little too much. Yeah. I'd like to see a deploy here, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it seems a much worse version of um, Medic Ingram. Yeah, I even think with a play fight reap, it could be better. Uh, it, it would yeah. be okay. Um, mm-hmm. I think, though, like, I mean, I. Yeah, if you get an engine going that involves. Like, if you get the engine going, it's a really cool card. Um, yeah. So, and, and, and I mean, and there are some pretty cool engines, like, and, um, I, I don't think I've had this with Star Alliance, but I could imagine some stuff, like Commander Chan. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but even, like, I, I think I've had this with Tharian, or, um, and, yeah, once you get that first reap in, suddenly it's, like, pretty good, but... Yeah, two power is all two. Um, yeah, I think though it usually is a threat that the that the enemy wants to kill pretty quick. So how's that going? Yeah, I think uh, I would. It would depend on what they had in their list. Uh, yep. Like how how badly I'd want to get rid of this. But, I mean. You could still get rid of wards too. I mean, this seems to be to me about as much of an impediment as like a taunt, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess I could see this getting out of hand, uh, but the fact that it's limited to neighbors, it, it doesn't even ward itself. Right. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I haven't played with it too much though, so there might be some combos where it works pretty well. Yeah, it it just it depends on whether you can get the stuff out. That's that's the problem. You can get it if you can get it out. Like if you get it between like a Brutadon and a Thero, Turian, mm-hmm. like that's pretty sweet, right? But um but how often do you land that board state? And that's why I like a deck that can do that I don't a lot to the that kind of state. Yeah. And the the ward being limited to the neighbors. Yeah. You have hologramophone, Ingram, Imperium that could just ward anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, so this could yep. underwhelming to me. Yep. Okay. Then we've got Wild Spirit upgrade uh, with the Amber Pip. This creature gains Reap Capture One. I think this card's is pretty decent. Uh, <laughs> And the reason I say that, so the effect is not that interesting. Um, however, being an untamed, where the amber control is lacking, uh, having this is pretty helpful, uh, particularly as an upgrade, because you could attach it to another creature, like let's say uh, Senator Shrix or right. someone with a Scudum that can do stuff with the uh, amber. Um, did this card get reprinted in Mass Invitation? Because yeah. if it did, like you have a it did Hard Standard, uh, yep. Foils of Battle. I think it's pretty cool stuff uh, that you can do. So, so I I think this card's 
is pretty decent. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on it? Um, yeah, I kind of agree with that. I think if you get this on, usually if you get this with Saurian, but right, like it becomes pretty interesting. Saurian creature. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, if you have it with like one of the Saurian creatures that has um a kind of a effect like Rakus, then then you don't need Saurian. Um, but um. I think as an amber control effect, it's so scattered in Untamed, like, it, the impact is low. That That's my, that's kind of my, my view. Up with it being lower impact because you're going to have like an Untamed setup where this is the only amber control card you have. Um, mm -hmm. And it goes back to that same problem you have with Song of the Wild, where you really need to keep creatures on the board, and it's hard to. So um, maybe maybe if you got this with a Ghost Talk, right? Suddenly mm -hmm. that would be that much better, or like with a yep. couple of Ghost Talks. Um, yep. But otherwise, it's just it's yeah, it's not bad, right? Like I'd rather have this than I'd probably rather have this than Song of the Wild. Um, but mm -hmm. um but it's never like a, oh this is going to change it's almost never a this is hard yeah it's it's a stop that requires you to have a ready untamed creature to yeah use yeah um, i think that's the problem that's an interesting question though would you rather have this or song of the wild i think it totally depends on the lineup mhm mm mhm mm Yep. Um, yep. But this card, how many uh, ghost talks you have? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not too sad to see this card. I mean, but uh, it's yeah, not it's fine. I'm looking for right. Yeah, it's fine. It's just almost never like. Yeah, and and it's captured, so they can get it back too. Mm -hmm. Like if it's just lose one or something, your opponent lose one. Yep. That would be interesting. Uh, okay, so we are now jumping into the realm of the rares, so we're going to see more, more, even more reprints here, um, but still some really cool stuff and, of course, um, more weird stuff, so, um, so we'll start out with the creeds, uh, the first of those is Creed of Nature, which is an artifact with Omni, sacrifice it, and if you do choose a creature, for the remainder of the turn, that creature Skirmish and Assault X. X is power. Um, um, this seems really weak to me, partially because I think, well, I guess it's Omni, but partially because it, there's just not that many opportunities where I'm going to be, where I'm going to be fighting twice. Turn. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know, if you had this on, maybe if you had this on a Saurian deck, it would suddenly be better, but, because uh, you could, like, Golden Spiral, Goddess Raptor or something, but, um, yeah. this one just doesn't seem very, 
exciting. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, this just seems like a complicated way to say destroy a creature <laughs> and, and, on an Omni artifact. But yeah, it's it's pretty boring. Uh, I think if this were just an action, and like an action on an artifact, then you could keep doing it. Yes, um, that would be cool. But as a consumable artifact that can maybe destroy a creature pretty weak yeah uh okay so the other creed though is creed of nurture and this one this one i think is more interesting so it has omni sacrifice it if you do reveal a creature from your hand and choose a creature in play for the remainder of the turn the chosen creature gains the text box of the revealed creature so that's actually like a much more interesting effect you're you're revealing a card from your hand mm -hmm. and you're like copying the text from it onto a creature um in that's in play um and I, yeah that that can i think lead to some more weird stuff yeah um so i have i have one particular deck that has this card and it has um two situations that can really benefit from it. one is one is you know an eye turn where if i if i can have a second eye um and especially in a mirror match then that means I can discard a discard, purge one of my discards and one of yours, and steal two, and that becomes a really good. Um, mm -hmm. And then the other great setup is sometimes I've been able to get into a point where I can on Philophosaurus before going into a Cincinnatus spiral combo, and suddenly oh, I have wow. two Philophosaurus essentially on the board, except they're named differently, right? So Rule of Six doesn't even apply. Um, and at nice. that point you've burned through your deck almost. Um, so that, that I had somebody, um, once say, oh, that, that's the, that's the first time. Effect. Um, so it can be, I don't know. Have you seen particular cool generic combos? Hmm. So I, I haven't personally seen that. I, I wish I have. Like that combo sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> and yeah, maybe after this I'll sit around thinking of ways mm. to break this card. Um, I also think the this card kind of pushes the rules discussion a lot. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's cool that they break cards like this. Mm -hmm. uh, I found that when it turns up in decks I've played with, um, for some reason, I just can't really get it to do that much. Yeah. Um, like, I don't have the right card in my hand. Like, if I had that card in my hand that with a good effect, I probably, with a good effect that needs to reap or something, like, let's say, uh -huh. fall off the source, I would be more inclined to call that house and play the card. So, yeah. in a sense, like, I would generally not have cards with good effects in my hand unless I happen to draw it. Um, right. But I think I wasn't trying to play toward Creed of Nurture. I think if you have a really big combo and you're playing toward it, um, you could keep those cards in your hand. I guess the way I play, I didn't pay much attention to it, and so it doesn't seem yeah. like it does very much. But I'm I'm inspired now to go look at my decks <laughs> with Creed of Nurture and see <laughs> what kind of stuff well, I could pull off. Good luck. I will be really excited to hear what you what you find. I think like one of the 
there's always there's an inherent problem in trying to play a combo anyway mm -hmm. right um and and my best experiences with this have kind of been like i don't count on it right the deck is fine without it but then and and there it's almost i don't know if you've heard like there's discussion about like you know cards and that's mm -hmm. like an, a concept of magic um Sometimes it's that, right? Like, where it's like, okay, I was going to have a great turn anyway, and now I just have an obscene great turn. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's not really necessarily changing. Just making me have a lot of fun. Um, but I, I I like that. I think that's fine. And, and absolutely, I think if you could build a deck around this, it would be not okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, in a constructed format, like you could totally yes. break and just try to set up those Cincinnatus uh, rule of six. Yeah, just generate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's there are terrible things to happen. Oh, yeah. I hadn't even I hadn't even thought of the possibility in that deck. I could potentially like set up a Theros and be a second Cincinnatus and bounce them. Ooh. How would you oh. bounce? Well, I mean, like, if you... Oh, they just... If you reveal the Cincinnatus from hand yeah. and put that text onto the... onto the Theros, and then you play the Cincinnatus, yeah, you fight with the Theros, exalt it, and ready everything, including the Cincinnatus, and the Cincinnatus can ready Theros. So you still... Rule of six, everything else, but yeah, that's kind of an obs. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that hasn't come up, but that's an interesting thing that could happen. Yeah, I think like, like mimic gel would be a simpler way to do that, but with yes. creative nurture, <laughs> yes. you could fire it on in one turn potentially. Right. With the gold spiral. Right. Exactly. Actually, I wonder what happens if you pick Creative Nurture and the Mimic Gel. Does the game just break? Um, I would almost guarantee you that TCO break. <laughs> but well, actually, though, the interesting thing about Creative Nurture is it doesn't apply to like it doesn't not that it doesn't apply. Well, it doesn't do anything for play effects unless you have a Compsos Haru Specs on the board. Right. Yeah, so I guess if you picked Mimic Gel, it would gain the text box and it would all be irrelevant. Yeah, I think that's correct. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, I guess I was thinking in my head, like, the power applied to, but that doesn't say that, so... No, that would be... Yeah, that would be... Even Cyberclone is, like, a much more reasonably designed Mimic Gel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm sure the I'm sure the people over at TCO were like really really cyberclone came out and they were like this we can we can handle this. Um I think it might be better now, but there were, for a long time so I have a deck with two mimic gels and for a long time I just couldn't play it on TCO because as soon as you put a second mimic gel into play the server would just crash. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> think which isn't shocking. That card is probably very difficult to implement. And, yes. Um, I mean, I haven't looked at their code. I don't know what they did. It's like, if it just copies like a reference to another card, like you could run into problems. 
Yeah. Um, but that card must be very difficult to program. So yep. props to TCO for all that good work. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, next up we have Curiosity. It's an action. Amber Pip. Play. Destroy each scientist creature. Uh, it's great flavor. Um, I love that <laughs> it has all the cats taking apart the robot. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. So if you if you have logos in your deck, this card is um, more of a struggle. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, since logos is kind of consistently top tier house, it's actually pretty good uh, to have one sided clear of some of the most annoying logos creatures such as Eddie and bibliophile and um wormhole technician quant uh apsis i believe they're all scientists um yeah it's yeah eddie is a ai scientist i think um titan guardian i'm not sure but you maybe you don't want to blow up I that one i think anyway. titan guardian it is i'll double -click. I think it is. Yeah, maybe it's a cyborg. I don't know. Um, I think it's a cyborg scientist. Most of the Titans are. No, this yeah. one's a beast cyborg. Oh, it's a beast. Oh, interesting. Huh. Uh, anyway, yeah, Curiosity basically blow up their logos. Um, so it's one of those house hate cards. And I, I think it's pretty good. Yep. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think it's great. Um, it's obviously situa situationally really strong. Um, mm -hmm. and in the right, in the wrong situation, like it's an amber or, I guess, have scientists. That would just. And I, I agree, the flavor is so good. It's it's almost a, it's a bummer that this card of all cards didn't make it into Mass Mutation. Actually, have cats, but <laughs> yeah, um, but that's okay. Um, Maybe this is a preview of the cat, like uh, yeah, what's the cat called? I, I have this Lumilu. Yeah, yeah, Lumilu, right? Um, Lumilu. I have this like terrible struggle going on in my head where like I I really and I think actually like Brad was really the the pun of this card I I want to explain because it's so ah like he just it's it's really on the nose just subtle enough that I feel like oh I want to explain I I think that's like yeah. Um, do you want to explain the pun, or is it just an no? I'm, I'm holding to I'm holding myself people back. to look back. I'm, I'm holding <laughs> myself back, this. but you're you're welcome to. <laughs> I'm exercising uh, no, self control fine. here. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm sure if people Google interested. cat and curiosity, they'll figure it. Out. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, next card. Elder Spare. Five power, beast, leader, and witch. So this will die to an entropic swirl and gain three. Mm -hmm. uh, assault three. While Eldest Bear is in the center of your battle line, it gains before a fight, gain two. Okay. So even without the center of the battle line stuff, it's Ancient Bear, but it has more assault. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so already it's pretty decent. Then the ability is a bit underwhelming. I like the leaders. I prefer the leaders who um, affect everyone in the battle line or really yeah. warp the game state. So like uh, Zenzi, Lord Invidious, even Calix Stonefather. Um, this one and the Shadow Council is kind of like, OK, it just has a more powerful effect mm -hmm. if it's in the middle. Uh, it's still good. I I just wish it did more. But I I shouldn't complain too much about it because this is a good card. Uh -huh. um, I mean, ancient ancient bear is a good card, so uh -huh. this is just better than that card straight up. And the before fight, um, so you do get get that even if the creature dies the assault damage, um, which is good. It, the assault can help you with wards, and and you get amber. So. Not complain about this card. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Like forefront of the um forefront of or I, the number one for me is Val, and that's just because I think Zenzi might be better, I'm not sure, but Val is more fun. Um <laughs> So I th I think but Val is both very good and very fun, um, and then Zenzi is is also really good and fun, and then it, like you said, Invidious just like is is sitting there like you need something about this immediately, um, mm -hmm. and it's going to be hard, right? Because it... so um so definitely. Um, this is lower on that list of leaders. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's funny just how incongruous the effect and the art are, like, and they address it in the flavor text, but Elder Spear just yeah. looks so cuddly and friendly. <laughs> but no, Elder Spear is coming for you. Yeah, I, I really like the flavor there. Yeah. Um. And, and yeah, and if there's like a fun little balance mechanism. I mean, entropic swirl is a rare, but it's still, right. It's like an balance. Yeah, the leaves are super, but entropic swirl likes them. Yeah, and I, you're right. Like it's it's a. Uh pretty one-off situation it was just something that uh i just thought was like interesting novelty yeah yeah for sure um i don't there i don't think there's any leader that in tropics world oh go does invidious um, have three traits uh i believe every leader has three 
Yeah, that's like indicative of a leader. Double check. Yeah, so Val is human and something else and leader. Oh, I'm wrong. I lied. Lord Invidious is a leader. Oh, man. Paris. I have an embarrassment. And Val is human. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's okay. Way to, way to burst my bubble. Uh, no, totally. Yeah, those are those are just... Okay. Whatever. <clears throat> I'm just go covers Batman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um okay. Uh so next up is Fuzzy Ruin. This is a five power beast with uh two amber pips, which is important. And then um play your opponent. And that's I mean seems good to me. Yeah, that's real good. Uh, it's one of my favorite cards. Hard to say anything bad about this. I mean, mm. sometimes, okay, you can, they gain one, you put them on key, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes that can be food for shadows later. Yeah, and even then, I think that's like, it's good design. But there are times where you bad about Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I've one of my favorite decks has this card. I've used this card a lot, and it's like ninety-five percent of the time, it's really good. Um, like that that drawback, I think, is pretty reasonable, and I've discarded this card not often. Yeah, and and it was in it was in Coda, and there, um, there it was alongside Fertility Chain, also the the trade off right doesn't have that play effect or more power. That seems pretty reasonable. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I've had more issues with Fertility Chain actually, um, mm-hmm. like gaining gaining two Amber. Yeah, that's like pretty different than getting one. Like you're more likely to run the issues, and also you could be punished for fertility chant um, by Infernus or uh, interdimensional graft or something like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is yeah, and I love the the big body five power. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, getting to ram. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then next up is Giant Nobil, five power B that says after a player house, that player destroys an artifact of that house. And, okay, I just want to say it's funny because when we were talking about Ro- Rusnar, I was thinking, man, I think Untamed in general has almost had like a of dealing with artifacts. Um, Rusnar might not be the Powerful example. I actually think general has this really interesting. Here, blows every it blows the artifacts up before the turn starts, and I think there are very few 
cases that have interesting timing conflicts, but one of them is general or the act of putting aside your choose star alliance, you decide whether you want I haven't run into So does the general order it, after you choose your house is when it happens or yeah. at yep. the start of the turn? Okay. Oh wait. Oh no, you're right. It is start of turn. Um what's after you uh, maybe there are there any after you, oh, the only one that says after you choose the house maybe Oh, so if you blew up snags mirror, well, you would want to blow it up after, so you can get the block, and they don't—they can't use it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I think that the theme of like the animals eating the technology and like priceless relics um i think it's pretty good flavors so it, it's funny mm -hmm. and the giant novel uh so it's very similar to tech of war pulpate in star alliance mm -hmm. so it's the same power five power and blows up all artifacts of the house instead of just one um blowing up just one so that the player gets to pick. So if they have multiple, they could just pick the worst one. Um, or if it's a mirror they, match, right? Uh, if it's a mirror match, yes, I could blow up one of their artifacts. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and if I had one, I would, I would not blow it up. Whereas Tekkenor Pulpit would blow up both. So I guess they're different. Um, I found that the other one genuinely has more uh, impact. Just because it could blow up multiple, but I think this card is pretty strong because you can you can get rid of it when you don't like it anymore, um, and maybe you had the you can use this to blow up your Fang Tooth. I, what are the good artifacts in this in this set and Untamed? I um I fang really tooth, think right? Fang Tooth is basically it. Yeah, uh, um because you have. Like, well, we're coming up on a couple that I think are not really good. Mm -hmm. And then the, the creeds are, like, not uh, less interesting. Yeah, the yeah. One, yeah, I think the one really... Yeah, so I think this card doesn't hurt you much in Untamed. Could hurt you in other houses. Um, I think it's a turn one play. It's pretty good because... Uh, they want to set up some artifacts maybe and now they can't but you can't either so it it depends on the kind of deck it could be in i think it just could work pretty badly and you know decks like razzle dazzle um mm -hmm. but against decks like that could work well and, and razzle dazzle is a deck that has like three memory chips and right. two holographophones <laughs> right among uh, uh, got the key to this right yeah yeah no it'd be super good against that holy cow i didn't um yeah the the and it's really hard to argue at the end of the day like it's really hard to argue with a five power creature right like get a five power creature even if you're in a matchup where they have no artifacts or something like they'll probably have a five power creature 
Yeah. It's pretty good. Right. Okay. And then next up we had Gravid Cycle. Um, I, I like the art here a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Amber Pip. Omega. Return a card from your discard pile to your hand. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's an effect when I look at it. It looks really good. Um, I don't feel I've gotten much mileage out of this because you're very clearly telegraphing what's about to happen. Um, yes. So if I if I pull back like or the stockpile, let's say, um, that I mean that card's not relevant in this set, but just an example. Like you're not gonna go to seven, so I have to discard it. Or I pulled back a card of a house I didn't even want to call, and it's kind of uh, cluttering things up. So this this seems like, I mean, the Pentheses just seems so much better to me. Um, yeah. but I do think this card is the effect is strong, and I think in a top tier deck, this could be pretty good. Um, you know, depending on what kind of things happen. And yeah. even, okay, even if you telegraph like too much protect, like they know you have it and they have to behave accordingly. Right. Yeah, I think like there are some cards that. Okay, so some decks operate. This, this came up in a conversation. But, like there, there are some, some decks that that operate on a kind of inevitability where it's like I I'm doing this thing and like so yeah I'm gonna get this piece that's about it. Um and that's where Gravid Cycle is best, I think. Um where the telegraphing part doesn't matter so mm -hmm. um I compare this to Glimmer a lot, um which obviously like away but they were okay um uh, it's basically like glimmer is, is a more untamed focused card whereas avid cycle tends to power your houses a yep um so that that's just that that'll but but i i agree nepenthesis is a little better just in you're not telegraphing, you kind of decide in the what's better. Mm -hmm. Um, at the same time, it's a little guy stuff, yeah. I don't know, it's a, it's a trade off, and I think it's fine. I like, I think it's a good card that I'm not sad, yeah. I'm, I'm excited if I if I see this as my rare in Untamed, yes. Uh, um, I'm pretty excited, especially compared to. Well, I would rather see it than the creeds for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'd rather see Fuzzy Gruen, but maybe I'd rather see Gravid Cycle than the Eldest Bear. Mm. Yeah, you know, one way to think about cards is they increase player choice, right? Do they make 
cool. And I feel like Gravid yep. Choice, Gravid Cycle, rather, um, is a card that makes you okay. I'm I'm calling. Yeah. Uh, works for me yeah yeah okay uh think of the spider one power beast has poison play reap stun a creature uh i like this card it's like uh bramble links does multiple things that are interesting uh you can use it as a landmine not really landmine like uh Grenade, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, if it fights something, it, it'll die. Uh, but you can use it to take something out for sure. And as long as it's still on the board, um, it's messing up your opponent's engine. And play stun is pretty powerful. So, like, cards like Lady Maxena and uh, Smash, I mean, they were they were pretty decent. And maybe that's not the cards you think of, but like, the best cards. Um, but I, they're pretty good. And this card does that and other stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think the one power, I mean, by the time you play it, it's already done a lot of its job. So uh, I think it's a it's a pretty good card. Um, it is a little awkward in Untamed. Mm. Just because it's not, it's not getting you Amber. Right. Or facilitating that in any way, like it's more of a creature control thing. Uh, but I think it's it's good to have cards like that in there. Yeah. Gosh. So. Yeah, I about like big, and I think like. Big twig, a little better of like a, a card mm -hmm. from, from but but yeah I agree like play stun is fine being able to kill something big is good if you but um but it is a little more on the side of versus dancing. Yeah, and actually, if you're winning a lot, you have to start studying yourself, um, right. which isn't great. Right. Yep. Yep. It's, it does feel bad for sure. Uh, yeah, particularly in early game, like let's say you have two untamed creatures and they have no board. That I mean, that's not that unusual, and like you might end up having to stun yourself. Mm -hmm. But I think usually this card um, works out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um. Okay, so next up is more wolf. Um, this is a two power beast and wolf with skirmish, <laughs> and when you play it, you ready each wolf. Um. And. I believe when you get this, the minimum. This is kind of like a 
like plague rats that when you get one of these yeah. guaranteed at least multiple but do you know what the minimum i've seen as low as three okay and i i want to say the max is five um I, th I think i've seen more than five okay okay well i, I don't know yeah hmm. um yeah so and the problem i have with this card it compared to plague rats especially is that it it runs under the rule of six so quick yep um that it, it ends up being frustrating to um and and the other problem is two power skirmish is so um underwhelming Mm -hmm. that you really you almost almost always want to use it for the reap um instead of the fight but uh, yeah I don't know I don't love it fast yeah that I agree that that is the biggest drawback with this card um I wish it said something like playing this card doesn't count for that mm. So mm -hmm. you could, you still limit it to six uses, uh, but you don't, you know, you could potentially have a big turn. Like you can yeah. gray riders up to, I guess, five from hand. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that elusive six three. Yeah, and if you had another sanctum creature, you could go up to six from hand, I think, um, because you play one and then reap five times. And the first one make or the last one make someone else yeah reap for the first one I don't know. Yeah. i'll have to check the the math on that actually maybe it's even seven so because you send the first one out reap with the neighboring creature right. second one reap with gray rider blah 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 and then the last gray rider ready someone else yeah i th no i think you end up at five with that unless you have um but like every time you used or played Grey Rider, you got an amber. Right. Oh, so that's just, that's just six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, but if those creatures were used, then that would be up to eight. They reaped. Right. Um, okay. But by, yeah, by the I way, I did know this. I did quick research. There is a single deck in that has seven more. Uh. Um. Compared to, I think the number for. That's a bigger and then apparently there are 40 decks with um but at, at five there mm -hmm. are a lot more yeah yeah i have um i think most of mine have five i have seen three i think i have a deck that's three it's so interesting because compare that to plague rats there are over a thousand decks with seven plague rats mm -hmm. so i the the affinity there, like whatever, however the algorithm is deciding to uh, a little different and oddly and well, it's not random weird fact. The highest stats seven plague rat deck in the actually a world wide deck. <clears throat> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I Believable. think um, SAS um, and AOA Not friends. Uh, didn't didn't get along. I mean, a lot of the AOA cards don't do that much from hand. I think they can right. plug into like a system and really get going, um, which I think after you start to get beyond like interactions between two cards is actually very complex to yeah. like understand that in a systematic way. So I think that's why mm -hmm. um, those things are more difficult to pick up on. Um, that said, I, I personally don't believe that AOA even has like those bit, like really hidden combos that aren't picked up by SAS. Like I think they exist, but I I've also think we've seen in competition that Unfortunately, those decks in AOA just have a lot of trouble hanging. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yeah, except for like a few really crazy outliers. Yeah. Yeah. There's some there's some pretty good decks out there, uh, like Brig decks and um, Finite Rupture and Dimensional Graft and uh, Martian Generosity, Key Abduction. Um, Gray Rider decks, Ganger not decks, but yeah, I think uh, that set has some issues. Yep. Um, it's sure. a it's a fun set though. I I really yeah. enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm always happy when I can bring it to the. Um, yeah. Definitely, definitely fun stuff there. Yeah, more Wolf. Um, any anything else to say about that? I think so. I one of the deck I opened in a seal of store champs. Had more wolves, um, and also had Shattered Throne and Tribune Pompidus. That was a mm. lot of fun mm. because they they're getting bigger every time they fight. Right. Oh, that's yeah. That could be good. Yeah. So that was nice. Uh, usually, though, actually, one only want to see three really because right. Once you get more, you're getting more dead draws. And with Rule right. of Six, you can only pay up to three from hand anyway. So that's the biggest turn you could possibly have. Uh, yeah, if you have if you start with three on the board, and you use all three of them, and you play a fourth one, mm -hmm. you can only actually use two ones on board. Yeah, I think uh, that there should have been an exception for this card. And yes, I, I don't think it would be overpowered. Mm -mm. I think using it more than six times, I'm I'm skeptical about allowing that for any card, just in case something right. degenerate happens. But I think playing Having it playing not count, I I can't think of a way where you could just play this over and over, and it would matter. Yeah, uh, yeah, it would make it better, but not better enough to bad. I yeah, maybe yeah. some crazy hunting witch, like you could just put it back in your hand and play it <laughs> in yeah. infinite times. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna happen. Um. Okay. Cool. So um, next up is Nepeta Gigantica, an artifact um, that's action, stun a creature with power 5 or higher, or stun a giant creature. Um, occasionally stunning a creature is fine, but generally speaking, I think this is like a really underwhelming effect. And, like, I don't understand why it doesn't have Yeah, this card is pretty weak. Uh... Is there an artifact that just straight up stunts uh, over and over? I'm not sure that there is. No, yeah, I think this 
Yeah. I mean, they're the ones that stun if you do something like Orb Invidious. Yeah. Uh, so I suppose this is unique that it actually does that. Um, the stipulations are just so strict. I mean, there are not even that many giants that have over that under five power. So, uh, but you get shorties. Yeah, this goes under Grandma, like, hashtag yeah. specific. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's some... Yeah, I, I don't... I don't get it. Like, this card's just so weak. But but it's okay. Like, like I think rares in Keyforge are often oddly specific, and this isn't, like, an outlier in that. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, I mean, this is... I think this is down there with, like, Osmo. <laughs> well, I, I you could stun Osmo. some Saurians. <laughs> yeah. Osmo, oh my goodness. Um, you could send some Saurians with this. And... Uh -huh. I'm really grasping here. This is. Let's just move on. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Perilous Wild. This is a nice card. Mm -hmm. Amber. Um, action. Okay. Play. Destroy each elusive creature. Uh, I like the picture uh, with like the hat and the bog and someone's hand reaching out. Um, and this could go against you with the imprinted Mermooks, mm -hmm. um, but it could also get a lot of annoying cards off the table. Uh, but uh, actually, I probably get more mileage out of Curiosity than Travis Wild. Mm. What are the what are the elusive creatures that you really want to get rid of? Um, Rumooks, Harmonia, Dew Fairy, Daughter, mm. uh, Crassosaur. <laughs> I would love to see a Crassosaurus killed by this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, they're out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, Naughty the Thief, it blows it up. Well, and, the, like, the extra value out of this is, right, killing an elusive creature is two fights, which is super annoying. And so if you if you get this in the right setup where, like, you're blowing up your opponent's creatures that would have cost you a lot to kill, mm -hmm. um, it's super good. But... Um, but yeah, very situational for sure. Yeah, that's a really good point actually uh, about fighting, because one of my one of my favorite decks relies a lot on fighting to control the board, and I've found that it runs into problems against decks with a lot of elusive creatures. Mm -hmm. And if this if I had this card in, that would, that would be really helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't even mind having this like in a deck with Crassosaurus if I also had a Ludo. Oh, yeah, capture, and then they have one turn to get it back before it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, pretty good. Okay, um, also on the subject of uh, potentially destroying a lot of creatures on both <laughs> sides, we have uh, Piranha Monkeys, two-power beast, Clay Reap, 
equal to to each other creature. This is a this is a pretty interesting card. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can't say that I've seen it too much in Worlds Collide, mm-hmm. um, which kind of is a shame because I I like it. I think against wards it's very good. Um, if you could repeat the effect, that's quite annoying. Um, mm-hmm. It does destroy your stuff too, so it goes well with Saurian um, mm-hmm. or Brabnar. And if they have weaker houses, sometimes you just urgently yeah. need to clear, and mm-hmm. you might draw into this, and that can be really great. Yeah, that that's like my experience with it is is because it hits your own two, it tends to be really rough when you want to be controlling the board. And if your opponent wants to be control like if they're playing Sarian and Brabnar maybe, right, then they're just gonna kill this right away. So you're gonna get off that two damage spray that you would have gotten from like a shadow wave or something. Um and then they're gonna kill it. Because if, if they want board control then then a they're they're gonna want this dead and b they're gonna have the means so um yeah it's it's interesting but i think oftentimes doesn't work out to be like super game changing um okay so next up is pose pixies this one's back from aoa it's a one power fairy with elusive and uh, it says the amber stolen or captured from your pool is taken from the common supply instead. Um, and I, this is like one of the more interesting uh, effects in the game, I think, just mm-hmm. because it um, it deactivates um, a lot of strategies. It's like super easy to kill. Um, but if you can keep it on the board, if you can protect it, then it's such a, it's a, like a really effective answer. And because it's a rare, most people don't have experience playing against it. And kind of, mm-hmm. uh, in my experience, a lot of people kind of freak out and don't know what to do. Yeah. I, I, I wish this card had a lower rarity. Like, I think mm-hmm. it would be a great balance against... Um... Amber control, it really fits well with the theme of untamed. Of we're just trying to push a lot of amber, uh, and this really helps uh, protect your amber um, by turning captures into exalts and nerfing stealing. Uh, yeah. So I think I would really like to see this as like uncommon, perhaps. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very weak. Yeah, but I think the effect is powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a pretty good card. Uh, um, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Happy to see this card, but it's not a card that um, it won't carry your deck. Like it's a card right. that's helpful to have around, right? Uh, and it could maybe save you in a pinch. Um, I don't think this would be the linchpin of your strategy. Like I, I had a Saurian, actually that sealed deck I was talking about earlier with the Morewolves. Like it also had a post Pixies, mm-hmm. and it, I had three Tricerian Legionaries and 
I could protect this card very well. But mm -hmm. In practice, it it did a little bit of stuff, but wasn't like super interesting. And mm. actually, a lot of the steel cards can do damage. So, right, you could right, just get like Javid off the table or something. Right, yeah. For it to be really effective, you need to um, you need to be able to ward it too. Or uh, I have a deck that has this with Hadroth's Wall, and that can really help. Oh yeah, yeah. Three power is a lot more durable. If you if you have it taunted on a flank at three power with elusive, suddenly it it has like quite a bit more durability. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and that that deck actually has two of them, which uh helps a little as well. Um, uh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It makes seal and capture decks freak out, but <laughs> but then I wonder, like, I mean, hmm, Oduak is is really nice, <laughs> you know, like yeah. Oduak just ends up being a little more prevalent and a little easier to keep on the board, and both because of its power level and because it comes in a house that has two taunt creatures and a lot of wards whereas post pixies comes in a house with no taunt creatures and very few wards so um yeah it's it's a yeah it makes quite a difference and the trade-off you get is it's elusive uh, yeah. i don't think that's fair yep and, oh and of course the capturing turns into exalt yes um, but yeah i think odoak is far stronger yeah yep agreed um, okay, so next up is the is Punctuated Equilibrium. This is an action, um, and it says each player discards their card, then refills their hand as if it were the end of their turn. Um, it, I love this card just because it's so, it's so interesting, right? Like, it doesn't, um, sometimes it can be really good, obviously, if this is the sixth untamed card you're playing in your hand. And then you draw into like three more, then you've had a really good turn. But um, also, this is a really good way to make your opponent dump combo cards if they're playing a combo deck. Um, and just generally speaking, it's a, it's a really interesting, fun card. So I like it. Yeah, I love this card. I think it, mm -hmm. it can really let things get out of control uh, in a good way for you. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think my, my like my worst punctuated equilibrium experience was when it was a prime that we both went to up in Sacramento, mm -hmm. and um, uh, it was the the top eight round. I got knocked out, and um, this card played a part in it because I had held a doorstep for just the right moment, and right at the right moment. Uh, she played punctuated equilibrium and knocked the doorstep out of my hand and like ruined my life. <laughs> um, but like, but I love that. Like, that's such a fun, um, like that's, it's great. So I, I, um, I wasn't very happy in the moment, but looking back, it was such a great Keyforge moment, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, how do you even play around that? It's like you... Play the cards you want to hold so that you might draw it later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, archive is our archive is really the the answer, and then and then hope you're not playing mm -hmm. some somebody with Dysenia. But that's that's the sort of like rock paper scissors of Keyforge, so it's great. 
Yeah, I think I need to think more about when I look at a list and I see this card. And mm. right now, I just don't do anything differently. Um, and maybe there's some smart ways to play around this. Mm hmm Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I knew that was going to happen, then I would have played it earlier, right? And just gotten the amber and, and cycled more. But, mm -hmm. um, so maybe, maybe that was... The, but I think I was doing the right thing, and she just, like... Played a good card at the right moment, and and you know that's again yeah. that's that's card games. <laughs> yep, and, and I mean maybe she was holding that card, maybe she yeah. threw it. But, yeah, 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 hundred percent. It is it is a swingy card. It leads to some very fun plays, and yeah. uh, it can really accelerate things too. If you've played a lot of untamed cards and you're drawn to some more, um, could go well with low dawn or something. Like if you know what's coming up in the rest mm -hmm. of your deck. And you punctuated into like way more untamed, and you played like nine or ten cards in a turn. Mm. Um, that could be pretty good. Yeah, uh, I, I know this is Worlds Collide, but um, this card is also the Mass Mutation. One situation where I found myself unable to play this card is if they put out an auto encoder, right? Because <laughs> they're going to be archiving a lot. Right, seems and, bad. Yeah, that was the first time in my life I discarded this card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems yeah, not not so good. Um, if they're on like one card in their deck or something, then maybe you do it and are like, okay, they're gonna get one archive out of it, and then they're gonna draw six. But mm -hmm. otherwise, oof, gross. Yeah, and that's definitely one of the. I think that's one of the chase combos in Math Mutation is to have this in a deck with auto encoders so you can do that to yourself yeah like archive five is excellent seems okay yep all right okay next up we have quicksand amber pip action destroy the most powerful creature controlled by each player who does not control a ready untamed creature this card is pretty good um, generally you'll be able to benefit from it and your opponent won't so mm -hmm. destroy your opponent's most powerful creature is a nice effect particularly with an amber pip um, sometimes this does backfire so mm -hmm. this isn't this card has bailed me out a few times um, but I'm I think it's just okay. Yeah, I can imagine like so partially because Untamed isn't doesn't tend to be that high up the power curve for Worlds Collide. Like mm -hmm. if you're playing this against another Worlds Collide deck and you have it in a really good deck, then great, right? Like the chance that this will help you and hurt your opponent is pretty high. Mm -hmm. Um but that's a that's a whole set of circumstances. Like that's a lot of ifs. So, you know, if you're playing against like an untamed or a, a sorry a coded deck or something like that, that that may be the likelihood that they have an untamed creature out just jumped. Um, mm -hmm. and um, so it it just becomes a little more iffy. But um, but even like. Even if it destroys, I don't know, 
I I often just think like, okay, if it destroys one of mine and doesn't destroy one of theirs, like I got the amber, so and if it, if three fourths of the time it helps me more than it hurts them, and that one fourth of the time it's just an amber and I lose a creature, then it it's probably okay. On balance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's it it works well sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't do too much. Destroying a creature is more impactful than some of the other effects we've looked at. Uh, mm -hmm. like healing a creature or something. So mm -hmm. I think I when I see this card I'm ambivalent about it. I'm mm -hmm. not sad to see it. I'm not jumping for joy either. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm Yep, fair. Alright, next up we have Roxador. Creature of four power, skirmish, um, and beast. Uh-huh. Oh. Mm. I think this is kind of like Inca. But a little bit worse because you have to fight, so you don't get any amber. Yeah. Yeah, that, that pretty much sums it up for me. <laughs> uh, I can't recall a single game where I got much mileage out of this card. Yeah, I agree. I'm like. When I see this card, I just think, ah, oh, that's that took up a slot. Great. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, my very first Mass Mutation deck, I got a Legacy Roxador. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's... That's... I mean, that was a, the exciting, but also... Yeah. Was a, would have preferred another card. <laughs> right, right. Where, <laughs> uh, where's my... Where's, where's my Legacy Nature's Call? Oh yeah, mm. legacy mimicry. Yeah, oh. yeah. Don't do that to me. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I agree. This is just—it's just, not great. I mean, I don't—I don't know. I almost—I yeah. can't think of a situation where I wouldn't rather have had, like, a, a Mustak Mermook. Mm-hmm. I. And I don't get why it needs to deal two damage when fighting. Because this could be like a souped up Snuffle Gator. That would be pretty nice. Yeah. But no. But no, it, no, it doesn't yeah. get to be that. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Like, I compare this to Inca. It's like, I, I'll just, yeah. just want Inca. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Um. Okay, cool. Well, the next card is much better. Much nicer, um, mm -hmm. I have to say, and and that's Taliga, who is a three power human witch who I think, I think's been in every set, uh, up through Worlds Collide, and then of course didn't make it into Mass Mutation. But um, Taliga is a three power human witch that says each time your opponent plays a creature, gain an amber, and yeah, that's super good. Yeah. Uh, big fan of this card. Hard to complain about it. Uh, it could be used against you in a skilled way, like someone setting you up for uh, too much protect 
mm -hmm. something like that. But in general, this card, particularly when you get it out early, causes huge problems for your opponent. And mm -hmm. if you, yeah, if you got a ghost swarm on this, it'd just be wild. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is an extremely good card. I'm I'm usually quite pleased to see this. I'm always quite pleased to see this. Um, yep. In my deck, when I see it in my opponent's list, I really worry about it. And yep. Need to figure out like what removals I want to have in place because if you, especially with Sorian, if you like ward and taunt this, and you're having a lot of problems getting rid of it, particularly when. Um, you do have more creatures in this set, and you have to play them, and then they're advancing their amber, and then later you can fight, and you have to go through all this effort mm -hmm. to deal with it. it. Can be pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay, so first of all, I'll just say like, I think the artwork on this card is some of the better. It's really good. Um, and then at the, like the the flavor text is so good. You know, don't try to change the crucible to suit your needs. Let it change you. That's a very like um, feeding into this sort of uh, I guess you might say like uh, judo style, like using mm -hmm. your opponent's momentum against them. And then th this is so much more balanced than hunting witch. And I think in Coda. Hunting witch is probably better than Taliga because hunting witch you can do these crazy degenerate combos with whereas taliga is a problem that you're putting on the board and your opponent has an opportunity to do something about it but but you're probably going to get a benefit out of it and i think from that standpoint like taliga is just so good it's it's really good for you but it's not degenerate in the way that hunting witch was um mm -hmm. And um, I, I don't know. It's 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 really a great card. Yeah, I think it's very well designed. I really like it as a rare, mm -hmm. and it's interactive. Mm -hmm. um, like hunting, which is the fact that you can get all the amber right from hand, made made it certainly powerful in a competitive setting. It's also kind of annoying to deal with it's like okay they just dropped all these hunting witches and now they're on key and it was like what am i supposed to do about that right um i feel taliga is promotes it's more fun I think, mm -hmm. than hunting witch. yeah yeah i 100 percent agree mm -hmm. um okay cool next up is uh, is Vineapple Tree, which I have more mixed feelings about, but this is a, a an artifact with a bonus amber that says that keys cost plus one amber for each growth counter on Vineapple Tree. Growth counter being a random counter that isn't on any yeah. other card, um, which is fine. Like Keyforge does a few of those. Um, and it says after a player forges a key, Remove each growth counter from Vineapple Tree, uh, and the, and its action ability if you put a counter on it. So, um, it's an amber. It gives you an amber. Have you had games where like it amounts to m much more than that? Yeah, I've, uh, 
especially if you have Mostic Mermooks, like mm-hmm. it helps you kind of like universal key lock. Like you would mm-hmm. want to play it in situations where you think they're going to forge next. Sure, sure. Um, and so if you're kind of at pace with each other, it's awkward to use this, but if you're ahead, so you have the key and they don't, and you're jacking up the cost, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're behind, um, and so you're slowing them down by making them pay more, and you won't necessarily be affected by that as much. Mm-hmm. It is a little slow, um, mm-hmm. which I don't like. And you have to keep going into Untamed to use it more and more. Uh, right. Uh, I think any kind of stop in Untamed is pretty good. I think Ritual Balance is, is a better artifact than this. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but I, I do think this isn't much worse. And it does get you an amber right away. First Ritual Balance, you have to wait a turn. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Yeah, I think, like, hmm, this one is fine but yeah i struggle to use it really effectively whereas i think universal key lock i there's a a lot more clarity around like okay i'm either dropping this this turn because my opponent's on nine um or i think they're gonna get to nine before i get to nine um or i'm not right and um, but yeah, if you can consistently use this, like your opponent goes to seven, you use this, they pay seven instead of six, like that's, you know, maybe up to three amber over the course of the game, that's fine. Yeah, I totally agree. And if you have a strong untamed board, like you could get this up to some pretty big numbers, uh, especially with Mustic or Mooks, like perhaps mm-hmm. they're paying nine or ten. Uh and losing losing three to four amber is pretty impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, it, it is a slow card. Mm-hmm. And I, if you without the mustic mermooks, like okay, delay to go to one. If this is the only amber control you have an untamed, then it's problematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Next up, we've got. Witch of the Wilds, uh, four power, Beast Witch. During each turn in which Untamed is not your active house, you may play one Untamed card. This card tends to die a lot, uh, (laughs) which (laughs) I think indicates how people, how powerful people think it is. Like playing cards out of house, playing, playing a card in this game is very good like the cards just do a lot of stuff uh in general and especially with the board state fluctuating a lot so being able to play one more card which um oh another aspect of why playing cards important because every time you play a card you're also drawing cards right so you can get this untamed stuff out of your hand that maybe you don't necessarily want to use um later Right, like it can do something for you now, and you draw a card that you might care mm-hmm. about a bit more. <clears throat> One time in a sealed um, chainbound, I had a deck that had uh, 
TXO Tabor and Witch of the Wilds and Golden Spiral, I think, or Legatus mm. Raptor. But um, you could, yeah, you could go between like all three houses, which is mm -hmm. pretty great. Mm -hmm. um, and I think with Foul Jericho, uh, you could play three. Uh, no, no, you can't because um, Witch of the Wilds still on team, so uh, that doesn't work. <laughs> well, you could, yeah, two. You could definitely play two. You could do two, yeah. But you could do that before. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, I'm trying to think of a way to play three cards in the first turn. Oh, oh, no, no. If you go, if you go Star Alliance and you play Val, and then your Val play is Witch of the Wilds. Yes, you can play another untamed card. Oh, because it does say you may play one. So they, so they've, 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 they've um clarified this mm -hmm. that these effects are cumulative. So, like for example, mm -hmm. if you play a phase shift and then a wild wormhole, and the wild wormhole plays an, a non logos card, that doesn't count against your phase shift, right? So, um. Basically, the way you count these is, like, towards playing the most cards. Yeah. So I wonder how Witch of the Wilds interacts with Ember Imp. Does it say, like, you can uh, play more than two cards? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Ember Imp is a, um... Yeah, and of course cannot wins, right? Yeah, yeah it cannot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. That's, that's pretty ironclad. <laughs> Well, except in the cases where it's not, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate all the clarity mm -hmm. that they're breaking to the rules. Mm -hmm. All right. Next up, um, Xenos Blood Shadow and Toad, I guess, go together. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So Xenos Blood Shadow, four power human witch with elusive hazardous six, poison, and skirmish. Very strong uh, feature. Yeah. And to one power beast, to cannot reap. And these cards always come together uh, yep. in the deck. So, linked, linked rarity. Okay. Xenos Blood Shadow. So, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that the problem I always have here is like, this seems like it should be so cool. Mm -hmm. but But then in practice, it's not. Um, because it's just like it's just a creature that is gonna be there, right? And it can kill something easily. But I think if you can throw upgrades on it, if you can Voltron it, suddenly you have something amazing. But I haven't seen I haven't seen that, so that's probably the thing. The biggest thing I think is missing is like the the thing that makes the skirmish and poison like really good or that makes the hazardous really good yes i think it's just hard to get it to do much yeah like you have to you have to be an untamed and then presumably you would fight and uh destroy one creature yeah a lot of the value of creatures in this game is reaping um so it's a delayed destroy one creature per turn. 
which skirmish actually accomplishes pretty decently on its own. Mm -hmm. The poison doesn't even add that much. I think if this card had taunt on it, it would be super interesting. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really good. Or even fight gain one. Mm -hmm. Like that'd be really good. It's the yeah. I'm com so. If you compare it to Mesa's Asp, it's this is better. But if you compare yeah. it to like um, Moon Cursor, I think Moon Cursor might be better. Yeah, because it could steal. Yeah. So so I think that that's kind of the problem with it. And and Asp doesn't come with the Toad. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Toad. I don't know. I think Nature's Call should get Toad. <laughs> that, 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 would, that, would so that would make sense. That would definitely make sense. Blood Shadow. I, it's thematically I perfect. By, by itself, it wouldn't be that great. Yeah, right. the theme is, is really good. Yeah. Uh, but the card itself, okay, it has all these keywords. It's right. not doing much. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like how the Toad on the Xeno's Blood Shadow card looks so much more intimidating than the actual Toad. <laughs> <laughs> like, poor poor Prince Derek. He really, he really didn't fare well. Yeah. <laughs> his, his mission was not going well. Mm. Uh, Prince Derek... Uh... I, I really like that card, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's a, no, it's a great card. It's a great card, and I love the like. And they've done they've done such a good job with this in Mass Mutation too. But I really appreciate the character. Like you don't, it's not like you learn that much about these characters, right? Like we don't know that much about Prince Derek. But if you under like if you look at the card Prince Derek and you look at the flavor text, like. You understand why Prince Derek would be trying to, I don't know, woo Xenos, um, yeah. and then and then poor Xenos just isn't interested, and um, you know, and we the, the poor grisly fate of of Prince Derek. I mean, hard to really blame either of them, um, but um, but not a not a great outcome for Derek. Yeah. And then and then and then I love yeah I love how that kind of carries forward in Mass Mutation where it's like yeah there is a story and these characters are are having weird stuff happen to them. Yeah, it's pretty cute how they how they put it in and it, it's a nice touch. And, mm -hmm. um, looking forward to see where these stories go. Um, I haven't checked out the RPG uh, book, mm -hmm. so I'm, I don't know if it's good or not. But... Yeah, I to read. I have it. I need to spend some more time on it, but I I will at least say that um it elucidates the it, it elucidates Red Baron a little more, so that's cool. Oh. Um and like there's a there's there are a couple of clues to future houses that are likely to show up in in the game of Keyforge, so that's fun. Very cool. Cool. Yeah, I yeah. think the the world of the Crucible could 
grow into something even bigger. Like it's it's just fascinating idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think like compared to oof, man, okay, so like so I love lore and then I but I've never really been into RPGs, but I should be. Um but I love lore and comparing Crucible, to, I don't know, to like Tolkien's Legendarium, right? Like the Crucible is is not a holistic um well fit together lore um but uh but it's not trying to be it's trying to be like really wild and crazy so um so i just think i think i have to like to appreciate the idea of a keyforge rpg i I just have to like embrace uh well like taliga says um don't try to change the crucible to suit your needs (laughs) (laughs) You just have to really embrace it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've actually never played, like, a, I mean, I played, like, RPG video games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this kind of RPG is, like, Dungeons and Dragons, which is something I've ever done. Right. But I hear is, is pretty fun and creative. And so mm-hmm. I think a world where things are pretty wild, like, there could be a lot of opportunity to... Uh, not feel too constrained, I guess, by like the the rules of the world. Right, right. Yeah, there. Yes, there's not there's not a lot that you could plop into a story in the Crucible and have somebody complain. Well, that doesn't belong here. <laughs> yeah, doesn't no, no. Every every literally everything belongs here. Deal with <laughs> it. I'm just waiting till they like drop some Marvel IP or something like that into into keyforge that'll be that'll be a weird day yeah they have marvel and star wars right yeah so i mean they could make like a house jedi or something they totally get a lot of people's attention yes yeah i don't i don't know like i don't know that they would consider doing that but um but the reasons that they couldn't are entirely lawyerly Right and not, not because of the way the crucible works. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, all right. Um, cool. Anything you want to tack on the end here? No, I think it's an interesting walkthrough. I mean, I know mass mutations already out. Uh, I do think there's some things to say about worlds collide, untamed. Um, that. Help understand the evolution of this house, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think bursting amber on the board was maybe where they were going. Um, uh, it didn't come together in certain ways, and other ways, I think it it came together really well. And I think there's certain untamed lists in this set that are that are good. Um, yeah. I think this this house. I've seen some pretty top decks that have untamed in it in World mm-hmm. Collide. Um, Brobnar has been more of a... I don't know if you did the Brobnar work. Did you do already do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Brobnar walkthrough? Yeah, I think that having... When you just see Brobnar in a World's Collide deck, it's such a detriment, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately. Yeah. Because uh, I, I actually really like Brobnar House. 
right. some of the cards are just so bad. And there aren't enough, like, you know, really swingy cards in Brobnar. Yeah. Has that. Yeah, I think... Well, okay, yeah, this, this stuff I said... Brobner, yeah, yeah, this stuff I said in the Worlds Clyde Brobnar walkthrough, but, like, I, barn raising is such a great example to me because, like, okay... Compare barn raising with Warsong, which is a very clear comparison to make because yep. they're they're equivalent. But Warsong has no upper bound <laughs> and barn raising does. And like and that I think to me is the problem with Worlds Clyde Bravnar compared to Coda. Like even in Coda, I know a lot of people hated Brobnar, I I loved them, but in Worlds Collide you you take away Relentless Assault, which is one of their best cards. And yep. and then you say like, and by the way, all the cards that before would have been Amber Burst are now like that would have taken your creature advantage and turned it into Amber Burst are now cards that are Amber Burn. And so if your opponent has no if your opponent has no amber, they're totally dead cards. And if you have no board, they're totally dead cards. And yeah, mm -hmm. and like it it's 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 really sad. And I have I have a couple of really good Worlds Clyde Brobnar decks, but what makes them good involves a lot of Coda Brobnar cards. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's disappointing. Yeah. I think the Rob, they just need some explosive cards. Yeah. They just make some explosive plays. Mm hmm And that's just missing. I mean, I can't think of any except Ragnarok. That's or a like terrible card. Anger Chieftain. Don't talk, don't, don't talk to me about Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, a t <laughs> it's such a bad... It's, I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, I, I I don't get it. Untamed, I think you can have a good a good list. Mm -hmm. Uh, in Untamed, the commons are some of them are weaker. I think some of them are pretty good. I, yeah. I think it's better than the Untamed in Age of Ascension. Uh, I don't. Mm. I think that the only things that were good about that were the cards that were reprinted. In uh, Duskwitch. Duskwitch, um, Amberswine Mongrel. Yeah, yeah, Amber. I'm excited about to have Amber Spend Mongrel back. Um, that's a fun mm -hmm. card. I, that's in yeah, that's in the category of I think like really fun cards where they, famous Taliga, right? Where it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna stop you from doing anything. You you do what you want. I'll just be over here getting Amber. Mm -hmm. But and I'm sure there are other good cards in Untamed in AOA that are mm -hmm. immediately coming to mind but um i i think in worlds called untamed it's kind of like shadows to me like you can have a pretty terrible shadows list of worlds yes Clyde. you can also have some really functional ones yeah and absolutely I feel untamed is similar yep yeah i i agree with that i think that's a really good assessment um the high yeah the high end is pretty high and the low end can be pretty low. Yeah, whereas like Logos and Saurian, you 
won't really see like just horrible right. lists. I mean, I've seen some lists in this in Worlds Collide that's like, what's going on? It seemed pretty bad. Um, <laughs> but maybe ha- not as bad Harbinger. as Shadows and Untamed could be. Good. Poor, poor, poor Harbinger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, um, okay. So I think that wraps up Worlds Clyde Untamed. Um, and and yeah, that that is my last uh, Worlds Clyde walkthrough. So that seals that up. That's really fun. Um, thank you so much, Julian, for doing this with me. I really, really appreciate it. And um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would love to get you back on to do one of the mass mutation houses that I still have left. So we'll we'll see if we can make that happen. Yeah, let's try to get that to happen. Sounds like fun. Thanks for having me on, Andrew. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, and uh, yeah, have a good night. You too.